Let's oh, let's right. do this. Give it to him. All right. Give it to him. Welcome to the Devil's Work Podcast, the only podcast, as far as I know, that forces its hosts to stay up late at night grappling with the questions of <laughs> why the fuck do people make these movies and why the fuck do I have to watch them? Three times in a row, mind you. Yeah. Yeah, no one no one said you had to do that, but like No you one know. didn't say it, so I took it no upon myself. Didn't. To bear the burden yeah, that, for the betterment of this episode. My that name is Skeptic, and I'm joined by Sideshow and Austin. And today, hey. we're going to be talking about the Cronenberg classic. And I really wish that he yep. had that on his movies. It just said a Cronenberg <laughs> classic. Mm. Uh, the 1983 masterpiece Videodrome. Mm. Yup. My first time ever watching this movie. Oh, oh my wow. God. Was, was it I the did yeah, not know very that. first time? Very That's first so time funny. watching this movie. Yeah, I absolutely, I know it was like required viewing for that someone like, like never me, happens. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. That like never <laughs> yeah, happens. No. I me, always me meant to watch it. I always, like, I always was curious about it, but I never got around to it. So I'm so fucking glad we finally got to it. This is one I saw like fairly early on. Yeah, um, no, it's a cl- it's a cult classic and, for sure. Yeah, and it's lived with me for a while. I've referenced it in a few <laughs> different songs. Uh, yeah, Austin was saying too that he he's seen this a few times, and this is too. Would you say the first one? The first one, what? The first one well, on the first on the pod one. that you've you've like seen already. Oh yeah, in terms of like in terms of like doing these episodes, uh, since I've been doing this, uh, this is probably the first one that I've seen going into it. So like it was really nice rewatching it, even though I've seen it like ten times. Um, actually, like going into it, like doing homework and like having like a moleskin journal, taking notes <laughs> on my like fancy graphite pencils. Like twirling my fucking mustache and like, hmm, I think that means the the betterment of humanity and like all this bullshit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like, it, it, it's a lot better than when I was sixteen and I just got turned on when I saw Deborah Harry's boobies. You know, I mean, that I'm was still a good and I point. Got turned on, bro. Like. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was still nice, but I'm glad yeah. we could get that out of the way early. Yeah. Oh no, it's coming up a lot of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's coming up plenty I blame, of times in this I blame this movie. Uh I think I saw this movie at like the height of puberty, and I blame this movie because rewatching this now for the first time in a while says a lot about me just as a person, this movie, and some of my let's just say personal preferences. Um so I blame this movie for that reason. Hey, I I don't blame you, man. I fucking I watched it, you know, like I said for the first time, and I was like, wow, I uh, could have totally gotten with this one if I got this a little younger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you guys, for it sure. was it was a formative film for you guys, or well, for Austin. It yeah. could it, no. it could have been for for sideshow. It sh- <laughs> it should have been. It fucking is. <laughs> it still it, is. even now. <laughs> Yeah. Felt like a boy all over again. <laughs> so, so this movie is a super interesting one. the The themes are like all over the place. It's like constantly yeah. sort of combating its own messaging, which is super interesting. I didn't remember it being like as much of a sci fi movie 
where it's like oh yeah where it's like i kind of remembered videodrome being the weird thing going on not mm-hmm. not so much that like the whole world is actually hyper affected by media and things like that you know where they have like yeah. the the cathode ray mission and and things like that yeah um, yeah yeah where it's almost like a little blade runnery in in some aspects very you much know? so that, very much so that's funny that you brought that up too because um uh listening to the commentary tracks they do bring up um what is it what is it the story that that blade runner is based off of uh, do electric sheep Oh, dream yeah, dream of yeah do like yeah uh, that that was brought up a lot dream of electric sheep yeah that was brought up a lot yeah. in like inspiration and stuff as well as this other <clears throat> movie called like neuromancy or not movie um sci-fi story so yeah neuromancer like, that's that's yeah, one of my favorite yeah. fucking books it's so good yeah man. those are Gibson. those are two like direct inspirations in going into this uh, movie that's awesome that's I, so I definitely see that now that you say that like the the gibson and the like he it, neuromancer especially is really interesting because uh a lot of the book is from the perspective of this guy case who is like who's a hacker and uh throughout the book you know he's even talking about how he's in love with this girl i think her name is uh is linda lee and uh when he talks about real life it's very like matter of fact and quick but then when he starts talking about like uh, the Matrix, which Neuromancer was like the first thing to use, like that term mm, and that idea. Um, so in when he's talking about the Matrix or like hacking or things like that, it's way more romantic and like flowery language. And uh, yeah, it's just, oh, it's, interesting. Just, okay. it's just really interesting. It's kind of like Max with his like obsession with, all of these things that are going on, but complete sort of disregard for like the actual things that matter, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He's very, uh, uh, not even aesthetic driven. What am I trying to say? Materialistic, Mm -hmm. but like in a weird like way about, he's very passionate about like his work as well. (laughs) Yeah. In a weird way. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. In a a very strange Uh, way where it's like, even though, the channel that they run in the movie is like very sleazy and like pretty much just running porn. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like he, he's not chasing a profit. He's actually chasing some level of passion throughout all of this. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Like they, I love the, uh, well, we'll get into it more as we go on, but like also building on that, I love the uh, themes that are also continued throughout Cronenberg's work after this, even on into like Crimes of the Future, like we covered, of like uh, yeah, building I, I, this it, entire it's, world. It's the same world, bro. It's the same world. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Literally, <laughs> like it feels like it's it. It really does feel like all of that was kind of like built on in Crimes of the Future, and like he kind of give like we were talking about. This almost feels again like a slice of life type of you know movie from like an alternate universe or something like that it feels like i don't know it just feels like something like that would fit right in that world of crimes of the future whereas like that just takes place in a couple like maybe even a hundred years later 
Yeah. Like, it's very interesting how that in that regard. Yeah, like I'm kind of joking, but like I don't actually think it, but but like also it wouldn't surprise me. Like he does have this sort it, of it unified totally... vision uh, in making his movies, you know? Yeah, no, and it's all and like there is something to be said too about like how in this one it's about how technology or like media, I think, was essentially was just running everything now. And like in Crimes of the Future, everyone lost their ability. They became so jaded with everything, like any every form of entertainment, you know, because they couldn't feel pain anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was like the weird, like, kind of parallel thoughts that were going on. Yeah, yeah. This is a movie about <clears throat> inflicting pain, and that's a movie about feeling pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so, for for sure. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because, like I said, it's sort of at odds with itself in certain ways where, like, clearly fucking David Cronenberg is not going to make the point that, like, violence on TV makes kids do school shootings. And so there should not <laughs> yeah. we shouldn't put anything subversive on a screen ever again. Like, that's obviously yeah. not what he's saying. But at certain points, it almost seems like because. Max is obviously not a good guy. He's not a good person, mm. you know? Like, he's mm. he's so driven by what he's doing, and it's like... Yeah, real scummy. Yeah, he's it's very not... much like... I, I wouldn't say he's, like, a bad guy, though. He's, like, very much an anti-hero, and, like... Oh, well, I just mean like, in terms of, like, uh, like people you would like or dislike. He just seems like kind of a mm. shitty dude. Like yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Wouldn't wouldn't fuck with him. Yeah, yeah. But I I feel like a lot of that comes through. I mean, I don't think because of this. I don't think it was kind of like this happened because of the detriment of this. But uh, going into this, I learned reading a lot about the behind the scenes thing. When he was going to James Wood and everybody casting them, like kind of pitching this movie, he had only half the script, maybe like three fourths of, of it written. Wow, he only had really? 70 pages written when he handed it to James Woods. And he's like, hey, we really want you on this. And then it wasn't even until like halfway through shooting. Like they started shooting without a full script. That's fucking yeah. awesome. And they kind of had to like have this challenge of like, how are we going to write ourselves out of this corner? Like, what are we going to mm -hmm. do for the ending? And they had a few endings up in the air. But I feel like that really comes through like almost in a good way to like Max's character, James Wood's role where you have this like morally ambiguous character that you start to like, but then you hate, he's a sleazeball, but he has good intention, but he does terrible things. And it's this whole, it's weird. Yeah, it feeds sure. into the morality of like, he's dipping his toes in this world that is corrupting him, but it's mm -hmm. something that like anyone can fall victim to easily just from like the temptation Literally, yeah. they talk about it, and like uh, the the his his pirate buddy, mm -hmm. he talks about it. He's like, it literally falls. It works on everybody. It yeah. works on almost everybody. So yeah, like exactly to your point. It's, but yeah, this is. I mean, this one movie is fucking so. It's beautiful too. Like to look at to the the effects and everything are so fucking awesome. I have yeah. so much to talk about. Just the special everything effects in this movie. In this movie. <laughs> Yeah, everything throbs. It's very veiny. I, ha I, had to th I, had, I had to throw in the second half of that sentence in this movie. Because <laughs> you guys are over here talking about Debbie Harry. Uh, so no, yeah, for doing sure. Doing some throbbing of your drops. own. <laughs> yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> we, we really, we really uh, devolved quickly without Evelyn around. This yeah. 
yeah. this is gonna be a this is gonna be a very very horny episode. This is gonna be a smart episode, but it's right. gonna be a very horny episode. All right, all right. We're gonna we're gonna right. I'm gonna take a moment to <clears throat> verbally and metaphorically castrate myself. Husha. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. no, tying them off with a belt is not castrating. That's just CBT. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get into a, a quick a quick summary and some trigger warnings and get this yeah, show on the fucking it. road. Okay, so uh, as the president of a trashy TV channel, Max Ren, James Woods, is desperate for new programming to attract viewers. When he happens upon Videodrome, a TV show dedicated to gratuitous torture and punishment, Max sees a potential hit and broadcasts the show on his channel. That's not what happens. Max sees a potential hit. However, <laughs> after his girlfriend, Debbie Harry, auditions for the show and never returns, also not how it happens, Max investigates the truth behind Videodrome <laughs> and discovers that the graphic violence may not be as fake as he thought. So yeah, that was not the best uh, the best synopsis, <laughs> the best descriptor. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, this is kind of a difficult one to describe because even if you describe one part of the movie, it's like the movie will absolutely flip on its head. It's yeah. a confused. It's a, a confusing times, watch. You know? It's it's a confusing sure. watch. I'll, this this movie. I'll, I'll give them this movie that. Feel, it feels like uh, when movies try to explain like time travel you can either explain it in a way that makes no fucking sense because it's quantum physics and it's extremely hard to explain or you can just do the thing where every movie just is like look at this piece of paper this is time when i fold it yeah, and stick yeah. the pencil through that is what we're gonna do and i'm like you it's one or the other there's no in between with this movie it's yeah, very surface level or it's a 45 minute diatribe off like one scene yeah <laughs> yeah Let's see where the needle lands with this episode. Yeah. It, it is it is mad interesting because there is like certainly a level of just like techno magic happening at, at certain points in this yeah, film where it's just like sure. it's just yeah. like ah eh, just accept it. It's like there's not a real <laughs> yeah, explanation. Yeah. It just like it just is, and it's just like mm -hmm. fucking far out. Use use <laughs> yeah, right on man. Yeah, you you kind of got to use American psychologic where it is just delusions. So you just got to take mm -hmm. everything as like, is this yeah. fake or real? You can think about it until your face is blue, but mm -hmm. it's probably fake. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I was at when like with the end of the movie. But it, was yeah. just, it just goes fucking all over the place. It leaves you really with a lot mm -hmm. of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, what so do we got for trigger warnings? Trigger warnings, a lot of uh, pulsating flesh, a lot of like... <laughs> and TVs. <laughs> yeah, yep, and TVs. Um, God, uh, there's a there's like an ear-piercing scene that's really weird. Yeah, uh, a lot of needle play. Uh, yeah, for sure, there's needle play. There's, there's, there's uh, talk of like some very, very <clears throat> uh, dirty and uh, borderline violent sex play. There's not yeah. there's not it, too much that we see, but they talk about it at length. There's a there's yeah, a, there's just a lot of self harm in every form, mm -hmm. a lot of torture, and just every yeah. subgenre of sex. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, that, it, in like a broad it, it is a heavily like it is a heavily geared towards like BDSM like visual and like kind of like the the language of BDSM like like imagery like it it all kind of lends to that so i guess yeah people are kind of 
a little more sensitive about things like that, you know. But there's there's also like it's really interesting psychology behind it all too. I think it was really I think it was really pretty brilliantly handled. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's just goes into so many different aspects and topics at the same time that are all just about sort of like I said this debate of like what is too bad to show at what point mm-hmm. is censorship okay or necessary or does that point exist um yeah yeah for it, sure. you know i think he's straight up admitting because it is true you can weaponize media but that doesn't mean that media itself it's inherently bad yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like people are like you know television will rot your brain and it's like well, no, but, you know, going online and literally just watching porn for hours every day will, you know, yeah. that will you gotta, fuck your brain up. You yep, gotta touch yep. more grass than you goon. You gotta, fi- <laughs> you gotta find a healthy medium. God damn it, you can't, you can't stay in the goon cave all day. You gotta delegate that to, like, Sundays. <laughs> The goon cave. Dude, so much of this movie has aged like fine wine. This is like the 1984 for liberals. Like how conservatives say everything is 1984. This is like the most like liberal version of that where it's like the way the internet culture and like just uh, technological uh, social dynamics have like aged in the last like 40, 40-ish years. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He, he, and this is, this is, this movie came out just a few years after like uh, I don't want to say cable TV, but like at home television, like at home video, I should say oh, at home okay, video. Okay. Only yeah. a few, a few years, not even a decade after at home video came out, and for him to just kind of like interesting shoot this like long stream of consciousness that's just like Nostradamus predictions, um, <laughs> and, and to have most of it just come out aged so well at a point mm-hmm. where we're we're you know live streaming and Twitch streaming and the meta. And all of this and that, mm-hmm. it, it's it's insane. It ages yep. better each year. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's a very timely movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been seeing articles even up until this like this year have been written on it, like about like discussing of its impact on the culture and everything and like and, and predictions like you even said, like about everything he thought was gonna happen and like how things did happen and or they happened a certain way, but <clears throat> not like in the same vein and like yeah it's just all very interesting like the movie is very that's that's what i mean there is so fucking much going on in 90 minutes bro it oh is, yeah <laughs> it's fucking exhausting <laughs> it's it's also yeah. it's also like i find it's pretty slow and ruminous in a lot of ways where like when he's going into the tv station at one point they show us a shot mm-hmm. of him walking down these stairs and then a shot of him coming out the stairwell at the bottom and then walking across the office. And then that's where, um, Bridie, his, uh, his, yeah, his assistant, his very uniquely named assistant yeah. is, is over there. <laughs> then they like talk and it's just like, Oh Jesus Christ, man, we could have just started here. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, it does. And, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's not a bad, that's not time. a bad thing. 
but it, no, 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 absolutely, yeah. Like it takes its time in some aspects, but it just like once you start getting acclimated to like, okay, this is the type of movie it's going to be for sure. Then another thing just gets introduced. And you're just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, and it never, it never feels like it's overstaying because again, it's 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 an hour and twenty eight minutes. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not even and, an hour. it's and, not even ninety minutes. And for like you said, for these long panning shots, like it feels very like confident and like it's taking its time. But for mm -hmm. it to do that and then also be so well paced and for you to take so much from so little of a time frame um, in yeah. the in these static shots of just someone walking downstairs or feeling up their secretary real quick and, you know, this and that. <laughs> it's very impressive. Oh, yeah. It's very Some impressive. sexual assault was <laughs> the, also the, in the trigger warning. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the contrast of patience and, and confidence and restraint uh, this movie has is just very impressive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I uh, I found this one. I mean, I had to rent this one, but um, I don't know if you guys found this one streaming anywhere. Uh, no, I rent, I rented it on. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, you have the really nice that's, edition. Yeah, I have the Criterion because I'm a dirty fucking criterion. snob. <laughs> Austin's you kind filthy, of a nasty filthy dude. Cinephile. That's why I sat through four hours watching it on every commentary track and then watched the two <laughs> yeah. hours of bonus material. Fuck yeah. And I'm, I'm I gonna, really I'm gonna regret let, it. Boy. I'm going to let you be the expert on this one, so I'm just doing I'm the gonna, synopsis. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oof. All right. Are we ready to get this on the road? We're ready to go. I think we're ready to give it to him. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> so I had to clear my throat come on can't be dabbing all day and not clear your throat with a mighty harumph <laughs> so the movie starts with uh, with like a you know not a close up but like the screen becomes a TV screen so we're seeing what's on this TV screen yeah, yeah. and it says it says civic TV the one you go to bed with and it has this little interesting animation that i thought was pretty funny <laughs> and it's like that's what people do they go to bed watching tv i did that for many yeah. many years before uh i, know, I just thought it was funny because it's just like innuendo <laughs> oh yeah no definitely definitely but like you know you just leave the tv running while you go to bed for sure yeah absolutely <laughs> to this day now that would annoy amanda but like i did that pre amanda for years yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh for sure any yeah the, the exes that i had hated it <laughs> Damn. Damn, damn, <laughs> damn. <laughs> so then we're greeted by Bridie, who we will find out later is his secretary. And she, you know. I really like her. <laughs> yeah, she's she's got a great, like, personality and presence. Yeah. And she explains, you know, it's your wake-up call today, Wednesday the 23rd. You have a meeting at 6.30. You know, don't you know anyone who works 9 to 5? And she also says something about the date, like, and then like winks, and I was like, "Is that supposed yeah, to be something?" I, I have that written down. I have uh, the, that whole opening uh, little bit with uh, Bridie talking and kind of giving him his wake up call. A lot of this movie, this I'm just now seeing this time around, which is why I liked taking so many notes, and that's why I like notes for this podcast. Is I realize a lot of things about movies I've seen a million times, and mm. it feels very foreboding. Um, in like a manipulation yeah. sense, like it feels like old boy with the squid. Like they had to have the phone ah. call at that time. He had to order the squid. And the way she's like, it's Wednesday the twenty third. 
the 23rd of Wednesday of what yeah, like she yeah, she yeah. really doubles down on it and like yeah I don't think at the end of the day that she's in on any grand conspiracy but a lot of this movie does feel very um like hereditary was that I'm, I'm that's thinking exactly of that word. what I was gonna bring that, up I was where exactly, everything was so meticulous yeah meticulous but also like um like but that everything very, is laid out everything yeah like a Shakespearean tragedy like like everyone's mm-hmm. in on it but you type yeah. thing yeah, like yeah, um, yeah, for divine sure. prophecy or uh, yeah. something. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I I feel that. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, maybe the people who are in charge of the wake up calls, you know, put that in her script or something. But <laughs> you know, yeah, because she also laughs when like she makes a joke and someone off screen we hear him like giggle and he's like, "Who told you that?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, she says something like, oh, I've been told I'm, I, I forgot what the line was. I'm but. like a vision of loveliness. There oh, yeah, because yeah, later yeah. later in the movie, when she drops off the next uh, video, she drops one of those off and presets it up. She does have a video for him from somebody that we're going to come in contact with. It's oh, very so, much so, that. So that's, so that's true, too. It is possible she's in on it. Mm-hmm. Ah, interesting. It is. It is possible. She's very, pretty close to him, and we find out. This like, is a very tinfoil episode. Let's. People, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, it's it's all the woman's fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he puts on his. Uh, it's funny because it's before or it's just after Blade Runner. Blade Runner was eighty two, um, so he puts on his like you know, knockoff Decker jacket. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could tell James thinks he's wearing the hell out of that jacket. And oh yeah, no, he he does. He's confident as fuck. <laughs> yeah, so he with that jawline, <laughs> <laughs> with that ass. <laughs> now that's a hero's ass. <laughs> that's right. That's a hero's ass. It's <laughs> amazing. So he goes and he meets with. Uh, first, he looks at some stills that are like very pornographic. It's pretty much just porno mm-hmm. that that it looks like it's he's just looking porno. at. <laughs> it's like, and it says he's just looking at softcore stills. Yeah, and it says like uh, samurai dreams. And he goes and meets with uh, a pair of Japanese producers or investors, and they're telling him that they have thirteen episodes of this show ready to go. And he asks to see a tape. And he asks to see the last episode, 13. And they're like, what? No, like, y- you got to see one and two. Those are the ones that set everything up. And he just smugly says, my viewers aren't going to watch one and two. <laughs> or Yeah, exactly. Yeah, m- yeah, my audience isn't going to see those ones. Yeah, exactly. Like, they don't care about that. They're just here for the payoff, as it were, in the business. Yeah, exactly. Season. They want the money shot. <laughs> yeah. And we see this absolutely fucking hilarious shot where you do not notice until the end. It looks like this woman is taking a kimono off of a uh, like. It looks like a like a paper doll's kimono that's like mm-hmm. on a like wooden thing, and it turns out to be a cock. It's a little. It's a it's a geisha. Would you look at that? It's a geisha cock. <laughs> which i thought was pretty funny you know she's just showing some dong yeah, yeah. So, so uh in with how with how short this little clip is with the geisha 
Um, in the section of the uh, special features, they have a little snippet section with four short films. They actually give you the full uh, snippets from all of these Videodrome bits, including this. It's about two minutes long, this little softcore uh, samurai thing. So uh, it, it, it is interesting how much they had to cut, given that this whole scene is like three minutes. And then these samurais end up breaking in as she grabs this thing. And uh, you don't see it, but they take their masks off, and it's a white guy and a black woman, and they look at her with like this lustful gaze that you'd see out of like <laughs> that you'd see out of like Days of Our Lives in '92, <laughs> and like they're almost so breaking good. character and laughing, and then it just cuts to them slowly rubbing against each other, like in the most overly dramatic softcore like Skinamax action. That's so funny. Yeah, I, I, sure. yeah. <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> he had to watch it multiple times. He loved it so much. Oh, I'm not, uh, you know, it's been Brand a long, two and a half stimulating time. day. <laughs> Listen, I haven't yet, and I'm proud of myself after six hours of this. <laughs> Dude, I did a full shift of horny, and I have not yet God gotten my compensation. <laughs> Your compensation. This is why we unionize. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. <laughs> Carry on. God damn it. So so we find out that Max is the president of uh of Civic TV channel 83. He usually calls it channel 83. It's a a sleazy Toronto television station and they just do really sensationalistic programming. So a lot of softcore porn, violent shit. I was going to say, it just sounds like Skinamax. <laughs> yeah. Cinemax. It sounds like I, a lot of that, I but do... also a lot of, like, violent and experimental stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, we would be was watching it... this channel. Amen. What, what was the opening TV station called? Was it Civil TV? Civic Civil TV, TV yeah. So, so TV, yeah. I wanted to add, too, that... Um, Cronenberg uh, mentions that the whole inspiration behind the civil TV aspect was in his hometown of Toronto, where they shot it. Um, they had at the time when he was living there this thing called City TV, and it was oh, this fine. very low end cable access. Anyone can put anything on it. Very like, you know how the movie is very pirate style footage. And they had these things, and I didn't write it down. I want to. I, I want to say that it's called like the 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 blue bunnies or something and it was these very like softcore uh this 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 the uh, the samurai type videos so all of the <laughs> things you see on civil tv and in all of these little bits we see through this network is very much like a real thing that was going around in probably like the 70s um of toronto at the time on cable access which i found really interesting that as exaggerated as this is, this this is very real, as ridiculous as some of it may seem. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, little elements are grounded in reality. Yeah, for sure. These like low rent TV stations and pushing the bar and like trying to figure out. It, he has this conversation with like his two other par yeah. partners at the the station about like, do we want to get away with this? Can we get yep. away with this? Exactly. Talking about the yeah. samurai dreams. And they're they're all like, nah, it's not it's not tacky enough to get me horny. It's not, you know, <laughs> dirty enough yeah. to do it either. And like, it's, they're a bunch of fucking sleaze balls. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's passionate. Like Max is like, he's not just doing this to try and make a bottom line. They're not all. They're not like having this conversation about 
how much revenue they're going to get from this show. They're talking about like, does it speak to them and do they want to put it on? So, yeah, you know, yeah. like spoken like true producers <laughs> or what producers should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the true idea of a, of a producer of like, yeah. So yep. so even though they're talking about like, does it make me horny? Like they're watching porn. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's a fair assessment of, kind of, what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of like whether they want to spend money on airing it or not. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, one day, Max is summoned to the, uh, I forget what they call it. I think they, they call it the lab of uh, Harlan. And yeah, Harlan um, yeah. is like a pirate radio guy. We see the satellite dish in this really cool, <laughs> like, establishing shot. And basically, he's just, you know, scanning the airwaves, trying to find things that they can access and try to get a hold of to run mm-hmm. on the station. And he calls him in and he's like, man, you got to you got to see this crazy shit that that I found. And he shows him Videodrome. And it's just uh, I believe the first time most of the times it's a woman. We see a couple men on there, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that we yeah. just see a woman on this weird orange wall. And he explains that mm-hmm. they can only watch it for like 57 seconds before they get kicked off. He's like, they got a yeah. scrambler scrambler. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I I, I do want to say about you say his name's Harlan, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't write Harlan. down his I, name. Yeah. Okay, I kept writing down the pirate because I didn't catch his name. <laughs> I started disassociating after the second time, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck about people's names anymore. What um, do you guys but... think's behind that door marked pirate? <laughs> his character alone even though he has not the biggest role and he doesn't say that much was easily i could say probably my favorite patron yeah <laughs> patron <laughs> yeah easily my favorite character in in listening to cronenberg talking about the casting where he 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 says um his favorite thing to do uh being from canada is is just you know putting on up and coming talent um That's cool. not just because it helps you know it's good to do in an art form that you love to to you know mm-hmm. push new talent but also um something i liked a lot um in certain movies like the og funny games for me seeing you know i think it was nicole kidman and tim roth in the remake was great yeah. and their acting's great but seeing faces that we're not it well accustomed it. to it's like oh these are real people and uh not yeah. being french yeah. and not knowing those actors um really helped boost that sense of realism and that's what he wanted to do and uh with him casting this guy he was just in like a local toronto you know, kind of like art circles of like uh, local theater oh, houses, and he seems like a seasoned comedian. Yeah, like when he goes on scene, when he goes on screen, and, yeah, for sure. And, and shortly after this, he actually quit acting because, oh. like his character, he was really big into tech. And Cronenberg uh, didn't go into detail, but um, I'm sure you could look it up. Apparently, he he was very tech heavy in like code and stuff, and actually made like quote-unquote, a breakthrough technology with uh, coding. Interesting. So he's like, fuck acting. I did Videodrome. I'll get my residuals. I'm going to focus on this now. So he, like, did this character and then became this character. And it kind of... It it ironically feeds into these themes that we're going to see 
yeah. where the media is the the medium is the message. The media is yeah, the message. Yeah, where, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I found That's that really so interesting. Fascinating. Last thing about him: if you look at him, I could, as soon as I saw him this time, it it hit me just like last time uh, with Megalomaniac seeing our main character. Jeffrey Combs from From Beyond, his facial yeah, features so mixed funny. with Dennis yeah. from It's Always Sunny. Like <laughs> it's half and half perfect. It, it looks like the the Mario with the slides across yeah, their faces. The slides, yeah. Just one in one halfway across the nose. <laughs> That's funny. Like I could funny. not get it out of my like fa- it looks like those two went in the machine and the fly and yeah, just fly, like fused. Yeah. And that's all I was thinking about the whole time. But yeah, oh, that's um, incredible, dude. <laughs> uh, as for the torture scene, we see. Um, I do think it's interesting that they used. Uh, they mentioned they're like, "What's that wall? Is that clay?" And then um, they were talking about how there's like a clay backdrop on the wall and, and how everything's electrified. Cas- electrified. Yeah, and everything's cascaded in like an orange tint. And uh, uh, according to James Woods, Cronenberg um, purposely made um, all of the clips we see in Videodrome very highly tinted in orange um, and orange themed. Because uh, I guess the psychology of that, which which makes sense um, if you look at like, you know, institutions and stuff, is was, that that's uh, exactly what I was going to say. They they make uh, prisoners in, in a lot of forms of torture coated in orange uh, because mm-hmm. it, it's the most threatening and it's the most like... Um, uh, assaulting color to stare at for long enough so if you drench everything in orange and have someone in a room they will go crazy a lot quicker uh you know yeah, than like a calming sure. baby blue or something we've talked Damn. about colors being such an important like visual language on the mm-hmm. show too for sure and like this is no this is no exception to that rule yeah like, this is absolutely for sure everything you see is coded in orange and he even makes a uh a dig at uh debbie harris's character like um about the red dress she's wearing and it's like yeah, yeah. like literally all of that plays into that it, jordan right? peterson so, bullshit yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> yeah for sure that's it but it, that is fascinating though that yeah. he actually purposely did that that's that's really neat that's some cronenberg level shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> So uh, so he shows him Videodrome. He tells him, I can only get like 53 seconds right now before they kick us off. And Max is just like fucking in love with it. It's just th- this woman being just absolutely fucking brutally beaten in front of this mm-hmm. this orange wall. And he asks for more details. And Harlan's like, you know, they torture and murder that's people. It that's it. There's <laughs> that's no it. plot. <laughs> that, that, that's all they do. Yeah. He's, he's like, I think it's somewhere from Malaysia based on, like, the delay, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. uh, Max is basically like, yeah, well, you know, keep keep on it. I really want to see more of this and takes off. Mm-hmm. And then in what I think is, like, a pretty brilliant move in regards to, like, sneaking in some uh, exposition, we go to the set of the Rena King talk show. Yeah. And Max is on the show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And his, uh, like, the other guest that night is Nikki Brand, a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and radio personality. We do and, uh, we do see Nikki. Uh, the first time we're introduced to her is through the screen of uh, the camera that's filming the talk show that I found really interesting. That is uh, super For what her character becomes. Fuck! 
and then it instantly yeah. cuts <laughs> and then it instantly cuts the next thing we see is a cut to uh Brian Oblivion I want to say his name is yeah Brian um yeah. through a screen which is also very yeah uh, telling of of these things we don't know yet that I that I liked yeah. a lot yeah. yeah for sure yeah on the second watch like watching this interview there was a whole lot more that I was like picking up on I was like oh no shit like his reactions on the TV screen actually were like this whole th- I'm not gonna spoil it now, but yeah, that's it's fucking fascinating, dude. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it is all. When you really sit down and think about it, the amount of forethought of everything from all of the characters is just fucking staggering. It actually kind of reminds Absolutely. me of the game, which I almost chose to do this week. Yeah, oh, uh, we're doing that one soon for sure. Yeah. I cannot wait for that one too. I'm so curious about that one. That's a that's a very I won't say fun, but a very interesting and fascinating movie. <laughs> it might be fun for me. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, the third guest is Professor Brian Oblivion, who, as uh, as you guys pointed out, he's there's a TV on the stage, and he is on the TV, and he's so set up next to the host, exactly. And so, the host Rena asks Max, you know, your station shows a bunch of you know smut, essentially. Like, are you, oh, she literally says, why? And he says, you know, we have to give people an outlet and that's what we do. This is something they can't get anywhere else. Like all their worst impulses and and those things they can fantasize about and Mm -hmm. not have to like actually act on. He's going to say a line that in like, and I think in the next scene or something like that, but he says a line that really sums it up perfectly. He says, "Better, better on the screen than in the streets." Yeah, which is, and I really yeah. like that's that's his whole philosophy. Exactly, he does. He, he does also mention. I'm not sure. You might have said this. Um, he does make the point that like because they're cable access, because they're so bottom of the barrel on they the rankings, they have yeah. to give people what they're not going to get anywhere else. And maybe mm-hmm. it's smut, maybe it's gross, but it's going to pull in numbers when you know yeah. they have no reputation really at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And she turns to Nikki uh, and says, you know, how about it? Is this socially positive? Because that's the argument Max is making. And she yeah. says, I think we live in overstimulated times. We crave stimulation for its own sake. We gorge ourselves on it. We always want more, mm-hmm. whether it's tactile, emotional, or sexual. And I think that's bad. And then he, Max makes this, <laughs> this comment that Sideshow mentioned before. He said, so why'd you wear that red dress? You know, like, it's so passionate. It's getting such a response. And she's like... Well, I admit it, I am overstimulated and constantly, you know, seeking pleasure. And then they just tune out of the rest of the interview. And yeah, literally, they just, go, they just go into a bubble, bro. Yeah. And so he's he's like, yeah, let's go to dinner, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, straight up. The host, the host asks Brian, um, you know what his thoughts are on all of this. And he says, the television screen has become the retina of the mind's eye. Love this. That's why I refuse to appear on television, except on television. Mm-hmm. You know, and he says, oblivion is not the name I was born with. It's my television name. Soon. All of us will have special names, names designed to cause the cathode ray tube to resonate. 
which God, I which I found because this is this isn't even I mean maybe it was at the time in other formats but I mean that just kind of rung true to again like you can you can apply I I don't like the idea of just taking a movie and making it a remake or quote unquote soft rebooting it but the amount that if the right person wrote this or even Cronenberg decided to write this for the modern day internet age with just like usernames and avatars mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it yeah. just applies so much to today's technology that Absolutely. wasn't even something he could see. Like it wasn't like, you oh, phones are bricks now, they might get small. Like the internet wasn't even like a thing at which, the time. Which, um, which is also very true of Neuromancer. Like Neuromancer is an insanely... Uh, prophetic and also influential work of art where like literally the matrix is like damn near a ripoff of neuromancer like down to in neuromancer there is a ship orbiting the earth full of uh neo rastafari named zion that's funny as fuck (laughs) like that's hilarious it's like absurd but it still you know has its own like unique identity despite that but neuromancer just saw so much like gibson saw so much and like another one of his his trilogies of books is called the bridge trilogy and it's about uh like multi-corporation plot to uh gentrify the entire bay area for like corporate and technological interests and it's like yeah i live in it i live in it he wrote that book 40 years ago and i fucking live in it that's fucking crazy there's like people living in the bay bridge and shit in the book i'm like oh we're pretty close wild yeah 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 before we move on to the next scene though i did want to mention this is really i thought this is really important and i really this was kind of a main thing i wanted to bring up out of all of the things i've written down which is way too many things but um (laughs) this is the first time we're introduced to brian oblivion uh listening to a lot of the you know uh material surrounding this movie i guess brian oblivion was written um by cronenberg and it was based off of marshall mccullen he was a really big uh kind of like a like a social commentator on media and he worked in media a lot he was a very big proponent um, or I shouldn't say proponent but he was he, he had a lot of concerns about media as a whole and kind of like the interconnectivity oh, okay. of media and how it's bringing us more and more interconnected and he had concerns so, uh, like of an like opponent <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah I should say yeah an opponent um but he he kind of had these concerns of things like you know we're all going to have the same opinions. You know, if we're all connected and we're all talking about these things, no one's going to think for themselves. We're going to congregate. And I mean, look at Twitter, look at YouTube movie critics, look at red letter media. Yeah. It's like a meme. It's a meme now. Like when you watch the newest red letter media and then the next day you see that guy (laughs) and he's spitting all the same opinions. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right. You like RLM. I get it. Like I had an old coworker that would do that. And yeah, 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 for sure. They're all echo chambers. yeah, Yeah. And if you, have you seen Annie Hall? either of you no uh, I have, but not in fucking there, years there's that yeah. scene that everyone quotes where they're at the movie theater in line and that annoying guy is talking like movies like he knows what he's talking about and he's mm-hmm. just kind of spewing nonsense and he <laughs> talks about marshall uh mccullen um he's quoting him oh, and, the, and then and then woody allen walks away and he walks over and he brings over marshall mccullen and he's like you know nothing of my work you have no idea who i'm talking about that's who marshall mccullen oh, yeah, is that's, yeah that's okay, marshall yeah, mccullen that's so that's right. who that's who brian oblivion is based on in in an mm. ironic sense with him being so funny, um, with him being so opposed uh, to the idea of like 
so much media consumption and the fact mm. that his character is constantly only ever seen in a TV screen and kind of yeah, like stuck yeah, in yeah. the sense of TV. It's like this doomed irony of the character. And I found that yeah, really it's cool. very yeah. satirical. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. That's also interesting because like it, did you see his like initially when you watched this movie, did you see his like, his monologues being geared towards like, Oh, this is uh, the, the threat of media kind of overtaking everything or was it like we have to embrace it because of the, the fact that it's it's going to be coming regardless to be fair and charitable the first time i saw this i was like 16 and i just saw naked people and i really enjoyed That's that fair. but maybe the That's second fair. or third time he's a simple man <laughs> yeah the second or third time when i was like 18 19 and i thought i had all the answers in the world no i totally i saw this as uh media bad everything bad like very like puritanical um you know, uh, very religious, like uh, Westboro 90s, kind of like predicting the whole, you know, doom caused Columbine um, thing. Sure. I kind of sure. took it that way. And now rewatching it, 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 it seems very much the opposite in the sense of like, he doesn't have an answer and he's just proposing, mm-hmm. he's just, he's posing these questions. He's just asking yeah. you questions. He's not telling yeah. you anything, which is refreshing for directors to not like think that they know everything and be like, yeah, here are all the answers to the world. Fucking, yeah, Give me $12 force, for like, a ticket and listen to me. Listen yeah, to me yeah, yeah, soothe yeah. you with the soliloquies of all the answers of everything. And he's sure. just like, he's not like, not nah, man. force ideologies down your yeah. throat. He yeah. like passes you a joint for two hours and he's like, <clears throat> Hey man, you ever think about like the media man? You ever they're think out about there, bro. hey man? Yeah, they're like out there. <laughs> uh, I I love him so much. Oh man, yeah, no, that's I was just interesting because I just had to think about that because like yeah, for me watching this with like a fresh pair of eyes in 2023, like that's just an interesting approach to this because yeah, it is it is like you said he's just asking questions. Like it's not, it really isn't yeah. pushing one word, one sort of agenda or the other, you know? Yeah. It is very yeah. much in the proponent or I keep saying proponent. That's the wrong word. It is very much in mm. the, in the, um, in the corner of, um, media being f- like, you know, free. I, I don't know an easy way to word yeah, it, I, but I like what you're saying. you should be able to watch violence. There is a level, but it's kind of asking you at what point is too much, too much kind of in the way that funny games is where, uh, Michelle Haneke is like, Hey, this violence, you know, it's cool when it's, when it's necessary, but it's getting a little, uh, gratuitous and mm-hmm. it's getting annoying. So I'm going to show you what you think you want and you're not going to want it when this is over. Yep. And it kind of feels like yep. that. And we even get a few points in this movie where we have these main characters breaking direct eye contact with us. Um, almost breaking that fourth mm-hmm. wall when this weird mm-hmm. shit happens. Almost yeah, being yeah. like, well, because they're looking at you through yeah, the screen. Yeah, and it's yeah, kind of like, sure, yeah. kind of like them acknowledging, like, are they in the Videodrome at this point? Like, because mm-hmm. we're watching the Videodrome as the Videodrome, yeah. Videodromes, the and, Videodrome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think, I think, and especially on like subsequent viewings, you're sitting there trying to figure out even more so what's real and what's not because there's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to parse it out for sure. Yeah, there's there's a point where he says late in the movie that he's been hallucinating ever since the first time he saw it. And when you're yeah. there's not a lot that seems hallucinatory early on, but no. but I definitely have some ideas about about that. Yeah, um, cuz the then yeah, the next thing we see is the interview from there on out would be after he saw the video drum. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The interview is is immediately after after he saw Videodrome. It just cuts right yeah. to that. And then from the interview, it's also it, it's worth noting that uh, what was his name uh, Harlan? Uh, he when he turns it on, he kind of just like he kicks just, back while, while he's like uh, doing other uh, shit. Max is watching. Mm-hmm. Well, so we get another scene with Harlan where it's now clearer and it's longer. It's not just a minute. And he yeah. ex- and he explains, you know, you can't fool the Prince of Pirates for long. Like I realized that <laughs> that the Malaysia thing was, uh, you know, a distraction. It's actually coming out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And yeah. as he's explaining it, you know, to your point, he's like fixing up random things and doing little stuff around the the lab as he's talking about it. And Max is just completely absorbed by it. He's like, yeah fucking yeah. love this let's you know continue your work um mm-hmm. and then he goes max goes to a radio station and we see that this is you know nikki's claim to fame what makes her a celebrity what made her like a person on that panel at that show mm-hmm. she she's giving like a co- sort of cursory therapy session over the air yeah, she's like a hotline hotline uh operator <laughs> like a suicide hotline operator mm-hmm. yeah but like on the radio and she's telling this yeah, woman this intense she's telling this woman who's going through some very serious problems like you really need help yeah you know get off the line with me and call one of our crisis people and like those are those people will help you so it almost seems like mm-hmm. she's maybe not like a real therapist but just a personality that people exactly it's like yeah. love line you know people are just that, calling yeah, exactly. and their shit exactly i was gonna say yeah. that's that that was very much a thing back then too i've seen a lot of media showing these radio personalities that kind of straddle the line a lot of youtubers try to do it too that aren't professionals and it leads to a lot of weird things but where they try to play <laughs> armchair Fucking therapist and, yeah yeah but yeah, she. I, I, I found that interesting, too, because as much as she kind of, like, probes him during the interview and kind of calls him out, they both work in, like, media, only in different, a- like, uh, aspects, like, yeah, in different sure. mediums different of media. Of spectrum. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, with him, he he's all about this, like, cable access smut. And with her, she's on this, like, very, like, the, the radio station's beautiful. It's this very high-end, like, yeah. armchair yeah. psychology. Like, she's standing. She's completely in character. She's, like, moving yeah. around, like, lover. You got to find a yeah, way to get yeah. through this lover. <laughs> and it's very like reminiscent of like modern day YouTubers where you have this very like disgusting True. parasocial unhealthy aspect with your mm. fans where, you know, I mean, just watch Stand by Eminem, the music video, and yeah. you kind of get my point. <laughs> but it, it's ironic because they're both marketing like suffering, but just through like she's putting like a nice shiny like veneer over all of the pain that her that her mm. viewers are listening to where it's like yeah, lover sure. you'll get through this but he's yeah, just yeah, like no yeah. this is painful and you're just gonna watch it so yeah it, it's interesting sure. how she's kind of doing the same thing but i never thought about it yeah. that way but you're absolutely right you're absolutely right about yeah. that for sure god it's yeah it's just such a weird thing in general that just the like you said, the parasocial thing she's got going on here, but at least there's like this 
we have real professionals. Go talk to them now. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> there yeah. was. Yeah, that it, that's a responsible part of it because it's called like the emotional rescue mm-hmm. show or some shit. What the fuck is it called? Yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> that was like goddamn, dude. Yeah, not to say that. She, not to say that she's like a manipulator or anything. Not, uh, like, no, no, yeah, she's no. not a bad character, but it's funny yeah. the kind of hip- hypocrisy of her calling him out when she does do exactly a similar thing in the same exactly. vein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so from there, you know, he goes to the station. He's watching her do this. She finishes her call. They like lock eyes through the window, and then we just cut to they're at his apartment. He's like pouring, you know, some liquor, some wine, whatever, for them to to mm-hmm. drink together. And she's I looking. Drank. She's looking through his tapes, and she goes, "You know, do you have any pornos?" And he's like, "Are you being serious?" And she goes, "Yeah, <laughs> it gets me in the mood." And and he's he's like laughing, and then he's about to probably you know be like, yeah, well, whatever, fuck it. And she's like, video yeah, drone, yeah. what's this? And he's like, oh, yeah. like you don't want to watch that. That's some hardcore fucked up shit. And she's like, yeah, yeah. you know, don't don't like, bet, don't presume to know what I'm about, boy. Exactly. I, I, I like she. I like verbatim, verbatim. He's like, well, it ain't exactly sex. And then she looks at him and pauses, and yeah, she's like, yeah, says that's who? Right. Says, says who? who? Yeah. Stop yucking my yums, motherfucker. <laughs> I was, I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so they watch Videodrome together. And mm-hmm. like pretty much immediately, she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And he like jumps up to turn it off. You know, that sort of like that sweaty feeling when you show somebody on a date a movie like this and they haven't said anything for 15 <laughs> can't, minutes. Can't relate. <laughs> Can't relate at all. Can't relate. <laughs> but I can. I don't know. Don't know. Don't See, it's about. it's funny that you bring that up. I, I hate to interrupt you, but can I can I share a quick story that I can break down in just just a Please. minute or so? Go for so it. I have a story directly related to this movie, which it was it was kind of funny in hindsight because I worked several jobs in my life and you know, not the last job I had, but maybe the one before that, maybe a year, maybe specifically two and a half years ago, I had a boss and she was a very beautiful woman. And um, I was like, hey, Mrs. Boss Lady, we were joking around about that new olive oil shop downtown that just opened up. Do you want to like go get some on the weekend? And she's like, oh yeah, totally sure. Like, and I'm like, yeah, let's, I'm cool. I'm playing it cool and smart with my boss. Um, So we end up hanging out. It's going great. Um, she was like, she texts me before that, and she's like, "Hey, you live right down the street from me. Why don't you like bring a movie over?" And I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Cool, cool, it's cool." Like, she doesn't think Netflix and chill. She thinks DVD and chill, not even Blu-ray. Yep. She's older. There's an age a, gap. That's a woman of a certain era. I'm not yep. a. V- I can't. Yeah, I break. I br- my age gap stops at VHS and chill. But like, I'll take a DVD and chill. Um, but yep. saying that, I was like, oh, so what do you like? Horror, comedy? Because I'm like all this excited. This guy will take an old time radio and chill. Don't fuck with <laughs> me. I'm breaking. I'm breaking out the Criterion <laughs> collection, and I'm looking way too much into this. And she's like, oh, I really like horror, right? And I'm like, oh, totally. So I grab. I grab this movie. Bring it over there. Only movie I bring. Like I'm confident. Mind you, I haven't Big seen balls. this since college, so it's been like it's been like yep. eight years since I'd seen this movie, and 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 we're watching the movie, 
it's dead silent up until this point. <laughs> dead. She's, and I'm just like, oh, God, what have I done? Uh, we've had a couple drinks, and we're sitting there, and it's not awkward. Like, we're sitting close enough, but we're not, like, touching yet. And, and, yeah. and this scene comes on, and mm. where it should have gone bad, it went worse, but in a funny way. Because, <laughs> because there's a scene coming up where uh, Nikki, one of our two leads, um, uh, she asks him to do something to her. And it was funny because, mind you, this is 20 minutes into the movie. There's really no dialogue from the person next to me. No, no. Dis- and we were talking and I'm having a great time. We're having a great time all day. She says nothing during this movie. And I'm like, oh, God, she thinks I'm a fucking freak. Uh, Nikki suggests something to uh, Max. Yes, she does. And, and then, She'd and be then right. ne- next to me in the dead silence, I just hear, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm like, bro, you a freak. <laughs> and then she's just like, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, no, no, it's cool. <laughs> and then later we get, a, we get a character that gets slapped across the face. And again, dead silent the whole movie after that. <laughs> And then this character gets backhand in the most unsexy way possible. And then it's just, oh. And I'm like, yo, where is your father? I know you're 41, but where is your dad? Where is your dad? You're not my dad. Jesus so, yeah, Christ. that was a great time. Shout out Cronenberg for, you oh, know, that's fucking amazing. having me have a great relationship with my boss for six months. Um, but let's continue to the movie. So what was Nikki let's doing? Get, so so, so Nikki's saying, don't yuck my yums. And James is getting yeah, a little iffy. Yeah. He's getting a little he's getting a little iffy and a little judgmental like the cock he is. Um, so, yes, yeah. exactly. And and so you know he jumps up and she's like no 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 don't worry like I'm just uh, like wow it just I would take it yeah she's like it was just a lot but I can take it and so they keep watching mm-hmm. it she's getting really turned on and then she tells him you know why don't you take out your pocket knife and cut me a little right here mm-hmm. and she gestures to like her sort of like shoulder like her trap clavicle. like yeah. her trap kind of. Uh, oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And he says, "Oh, it looks like someone already beat me to it." And she has like multiple scars. There's a little like taken aback, kind of like she's she's kind of taken aback by that comment for sure. You could see that. Yeah, exactly. Vanilla. And then she says, "I wonder how you get to be a contestant on this show." And he says, "I don't know. No one ever seems to come back next week." And <laughs> and they they keep kind of having a conversation in which he realizes she's a way bigger freak than him. <laughs> and then we just we just Can't cut relate. to fucking Videodrome is playing on the TV and there's just a woman being fucking flogged and yeah. and they're just butt naked on the floor and he's piercing her ears like in the just with a needle yeah he's he's piercing her ears with a needle and a uh, like a wine cork yeah <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. this it's... this was interesting too because Cronenberg uh, notes specifically writing this part of the movie. Um, this was based off like a real event in his life, not, not so much as sexual. Oh shit! But God he <laughs> he his wife had asked him to put uh, her earrings in when they were going on a night out, and she was getting ready one night for like a premiere or something. And he he was writing the script for the still and noted how. 
Um, for some reason, even though it was completely healed, there was no blood. The act of inserting that needle through another person um, and seeing it come out on the other end almost made him feel like weak in the knees. But he said in the uh, most in, in a way that he shouldn't have felt. So more how you know Matt starts to feel slowly, and yeah. um, in a very like uh, sadistic is that the right term yeah, way? Yeah, 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 in a very yeah. sadomasochistic way. So yeah, yeah, it's it's very interesting seeing how uh, lively this this feels now after seeing That's- it. That was his sexual awakening. That's because it is very vanilla. Just it's like, oh, she's he's piercing her ears. Okay, like, mm-hmm. and I was wondering. Yeah, that. but they, they, yeah, but there is that element of like, yeah, the actual like seeing that you know like the needle go through yeah. skin or like flesh. I like. Oh, hold on, pause, pause. Did I? I like how we can rewind this real quick. And I'm like, yeah, but that was so fucking vanilla, right? Like when he took a needle. Stuck it through her body <laughs> and then proceeds to lick the blood off and then yeah. stick it through other like I'm a god um content. Uh, anyways. Anyways. Uh, hey, we know, don't yuck any yums in this house. And I quote, you know what Freud would say about that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's continue. I'm sorry. It's okay. You're remembering all the weird boners you've had. So exactly. many. Too many. And there's too, been, too many. And there's been a few. <laughs> so they so they they transition into just having uh you know regular penetrative sex you know like <laughs> yeah. like us fucking weird mortals and mm-hmm. it just slowly transitions from his living room to them having sex on like this the, the video drum sound stage so sick i loved how it like it like drifts in and out of like them being on the soundstage yeah and like being in the room it's so fucking cool he's just the like, last the... sorry what he's just like staring at the tv screen while they're having sex i was gonna mm-hmm. say the last shot of that shows him cutting to him having sex back in the living room and him looking so yeah, it was an interesting way of like showing that the videodrome is like slowly infecting him while mm-hmm. still being very grounded at the same time. Like the way they yeah. play with the hallucinations at the beginning feel very it adds a lot of mystery with it doesn't give it all away. It's very easy to like give shit away in a mystery or a noir type of movie and this movie totally. really plays with the hallucination aspect really really uniquely. Yeah. Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah. Absolutely. In a in a really interesting way where it's it's not so cut and dry and so obvious when you go back through where it's like, oh yeah, well Tyler Durden's never there, so obviously this is you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's yeah, for sure. It, it's never hitting you over the head with the, it. The sure. end of the end of that cut too is him. It, it's the first time I noticed he does he kind of looks at the TV and then looks directly at us. Uh, which re- reminded me a lot of funny games where he kind of has that first realization and then he kind of pans over and stares at us like, fuck you looking at? And then it just kind of yeah, cuts yeah, to black. Sure. God damn it. I can't wait to do funny games on this fucking show, dude. Oh, that's going to be so good. Oh, that's going to be another fight. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> really? Oh, boy. Yeah. Joey's going to have uh, his day. I'm gonna, it's going to be a two on one again. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two on one. <laughs> but I'm going to be the one. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, look forward to that one. So Absolutely. So the next day or, you know, sometime later, he's coming into work at the station and uh Bridie informs him that Masha uh Boracic is waiting for him in his office 
She's been there for an hour. She's hot to trot. He's like, he's he's kind of got this like. Oh, oh, this is where we get the this is where we get the light assault. The oh yeah yeah as he's yeah. as he's walking to go talk with this lady he pinches an ass. I think yeah. he's more just like a player though. Like I think he was just kind of like a, a floozy, a little man whore, and like yeah, maybe that was just sure. someone he's, he was sleeping yeah, he's with. A heavy fuckboy his, energy. His, his office sure. girlfriend, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. obviously. Like Cronenberg, I mean, I don't know if he's like a good guy or not, but I feel like he—I feel like That's... he didn't—he didn't have her smile because he thinks like all women want their asses pinched at work. I think just like yeah, yeah like there Austin wasn't a said, power Max has dynamic. some currency. And yeah, it yeah, also, yeah, it's yeah. funny—it's funny that you say that you're not sure about that because every single person in every behind-the-scenes video for like the four hours I was watching it all. Every person, at least 10 different people, all said the same thing about Cronenberg. James Woods was like, yeah, you know, I loved Cronenberg. I loved, you know, uh, I loved Rabid when I saw it. And I loved... Um, yeah, Rabid. Uh, I loved dude. Scanners. That really sold me on him. Yep. And I was like, who is this guy? And I was kind of intimidated. I was kind of scared to know the man behind, like, the, <laughs> the movies. And then you meet the guy. And he is the most normal well-reserved, quiet, like, desperate <laughs> yeah, housewives course. dad. He has a daughter. He has a wife. He goes home after work, and that's it. And, like, yep. everybody says they, there's a moment in in working with Cronenberg where they ask him the same thing, and they've all said this on separate tracks and in interviews where they're like, where does this come from? Because you're not mm-hmm. um And then Cronenberg just kind of, like, smirks like he's used to it, and he's just like, yeah, you know, uh I don't know. Like, he's, <laughs> it is what it is, man. No, Here's but he, some shit, yeah, man. <laughs> he 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 directly quotes that um, most of his writing, most of his body horror, and like his his grotesque like um, questions that he has for the audience mm-hmm. is kind of. He says he wakes up from dreams with more nightmares than than uh, good dreams. So he just takes his nightmares and writes them down. And then like I the best ones, that. all of that you see, all of these questions being posed in all of his movies are just from his dreams. You don't know so the that's that's war this- unfolding awesome. behind this man's eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> the war. And it's funny because he was just such a good-looking little dude back in the 80s. He was this little tiny nerd. He had the glasses, the coiffed yeah, hair. Yeah, 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 for he sure. He had his pursed little lips, and he's like, hello there. I'm making Videodrome. <laughs> yeah. It was like David Lynch. Aww. <laughs> uh, yeah. God. Well... Okay, so he must be a fantastic guy then. I just I've never I've never yeah. deep deep dove that much. I was like, yeah, before I put my neck on the line for this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so So while talking to Masha, she shows him this like very feminist, like super softcore porno apollo and dionysus and he's like this yeah, is just funny. He, he said it's too naive and too sweet just like you yeah, it's just a moving greek painting <laughs> but yeah <porno. laughs> yeah essentially with some titties out and yep. <laughs> and he tells her you know have you heard of videodrome it's just people being tortured and murdered no plot no characters i think it's what's next and her response That's a is great pitch. <laughs> her response is, "Then God help us all." 
Yeah, that was yeah. A great she, her her whole character felt very much like the classic trope. I don't think they were doing it in this movie, obviously, but it, it reminded me of the classic trope of like the old gypsy woman. Because like you mm-hmm. have that moment mm-hmm. with those movies where you have the opportunity to completely just disregard all consequence and just follow through with the right moral action. <laughs> and this kind of really felt like the this point here on out. There's no going back. I mean, from the get go, he had already seen Videodrome, but from your context of what you know seeing this for the first time this this her her kind of dialect and her her uh, kind of like mannerisms kind of mirrored the idea of like a warning more than anything she's like you really got to yeah. look out for this yeah. like this felt like the barrier like insert this is where this is where Walter White became Heisenberg meme here. Like that's what this felt like. Yeah. 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 She's she's very there's a storm coming yeah. in. <laughs> Put the hat on and changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> so he tells her, you know, if you can find this, I'll pay you a finder's fee. You know, and she's like, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll I'll look Asian into commission. it. I'll I'll see what I can do. Uh, yeah, yeah, commission. Thank you. Then it cuts to another scene of uh, the two of them together, uh, him and Nikki, and he tells her that the show is in Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. she uh, tells him that she actually has an assignment coming up in Pittsburgh, and that she plans to audition for Videodrome while she's there, and he grabs her, and even though he continued continually it's like it defies logic like to the viewer i feel like like i almost asked amanda at one point but i didn't want to like ruin the movie for her but i'm like so when you see that like you know that's real immediately right you know what i'm saying like the things that are happening on videodrome but he keeps saying that it's actors and like how amazing I, the acting is and where do they find the people that can like perform yeah. this way I, I also feel like it's it's a very real issue socially that we have where i think he knows that it might there's a sense that he's feeling that it might be real but he tells himself that they're actors because he has this this very like deeply infatuation with it that he's coming to terms with and discovering and it's 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 very much reminiscent of the the hypocrisy that we're we're facing a lot in like porn culture like just typical pornography culture where a lot of men and a lot of women too will will consume porn like it's you know i wake up i get my daily porn dose i take a shower like it's just (laughs) porno yeah yeah it's violent pornography yeah it's violent pornography and 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 (laughs) But, like, we consume it like it's nothing. But there is, like, this, I'd say more people than not, uh, the moment someone they know, uh, like, say their daughter, um, tells mm-hmm. them, hey, I got OnlyFans and I'm doing really well. Or, hey, I'm moving to L.A. and I'm going to be a yeah. porn star. Yeah, it becomes a They sin. lose their mind. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, at yeah. around this time, too, there was this Paul Schrader movie. I haven't seen it yet, but it reminded me of it here. It's called Hardcore. And it's literally this crime thriller noir where oh, a daughter goes on a, a trip to California when she's 17. And then um, 
uh, she just doesn't come back. And then the father finds out she's become a porn actress. And the whole movie is him hunting her down and trying to find her and bring her home. But oh, I find shit. it, I find stuff like this funny where it's like you consume the content that you're demonizing right now. And oh, it's yeah, just, for sure. The hypocritical then, bullshit. Yeah. But then these same people, and I mean, myself included, I don't think porn is this thing that needs to be banned and demonized, but there is like, it's like anything. It's like alcohol it needs to be. Uh, moderated and it's yeah, these same people yeah, that demonize not, it but then dehumanize the women and men that they're watching on screen because if you oh yeah, if you felt the way you felt towards your daughter it means you don't feel that way about the humans that you're watching you think that mm-hmm. they're not people yeah exactly mm-hmm. the whole the whole idea of like you, you know at one point they were like oh you think that you know all this fucked up stuff that women go through is okay what if it was your mom what if it was your sister and then at some point it was like, oh yeah, it's the it's it's the Madonna whore complex, you know? Well, what I yeah, mean? like that's literally what it comes down to is like, you know, you're either something to be protected or you're disgusted by, you know, they're disgusted by your actions for living a life essentially. Yeah, I was gonna comment as well on how like at one point that was like a thing, you know, people almost like advocated for saying as a way to try and get people to like stop being pieces of shit. And then there came a point. Oh, yeah. There came what if it was your mother? What if it was your daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Then there came a point where it was like, well, you shouldn't like it's at that point. Someone's a lost cause because if they don't understand, like if they need to have yep. that context to understand, then it's just yep. lost already. Exactly. <laughs> a, a last last thing I want to say on this scene and then I'm done. It'll be really quick. What the fuck is wrong with Cronenberg? This movie and all this goddamn <laughs> Pittsburgh slander. I'm so tired of the Pittsburgh slander. I might live in Michigan. I might claim Metro Detroit area, but I am from Pittsburgh, and I'm so tired of this movie. Oh, what's in Pittsburgh? Well, I don't know. Who the fuck knows? Where'd you see this terrible thing of this woman getting flogged to death and then electrocuted on a clay wall? Oh, uh, obviously it came from. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Our people suck. Get it out but of your system. You like your Hershey chocolate, don't you? You like your Andy Warhols and you like your Heinz ketchup. Shut the fuck up. That's what I you thought. Know, you know, you so, know what I've I'm heard about that place? It. You know what I've heard about that place, Austin? What? It's the pits. <laughs> Listen, you want to know the worst of it all? You want to know the worst of it all? After this whole rant? I agree. It sucks. But I'm tired. I'm tired of the disrespect. <laughs> It's like you can talk shit about my. You can't talk shit about my mom, but I can talk shit about yeah, my mom. Yeah, but it's I like that's my shit. family. I can complain because I All get right, to Dom complain. Toretto. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's about Jesus family. Family, it always is. <laughs> so, oh, so he tells her, you know, do not go. These these video people like, you know, who knows what they'll do? You like you you yeah. can't be a part of this. And she he says, you know, they like to play rougher than Nikki Brand does. And she goes, Is that a challenge? And he's like, No, mm-hmm. it's not a challenge. Like, just don't do it. It's like that's not what you say to her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That that classic, like, if you tell them not to do it, they're just gonna do it more. So you have to fi- figure out a different pla- path. Reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah. And she takes uh, his cigarette, I believe, and she t- pulls down her bra, and I thought she was going to mm. put it out on her nipple, and thank God she instead just puts it out on her titty she, meat. She makes another one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, puts the cigarette out on herself, 
and just moans the whole time. <laughs> ah, that's no, that's so hard to watch and painful to see. Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> I Ew, hated gross. that. No. This I, movie's so horrific. Austin did. Austin didn't pre in his pants even a little at that moment. <laughs> I did the third time, but that's why I shut the movie off halfway through. That's hilarious. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, me too. <laughs> animals both of you <laughs> so then then we cut to we cut to uh, a restaurant that has like some music and belly dancing going on on the ground floor but on the second floor yeah, was wild. Uh, Masha and Max are meeting and Masha tells him that she's you know found some more out about Videodrome and that he's better off just leaving all of this alone and he won't. Mm-hmm. He keeps prodding. He keeps prodding. He expresses, you know, his passion to find this. And she tells him that it's the face of a political movement and that they have a philosophy, which he does not. And that's what makes them dangerous. That I love that line. That was such a good line. Yeah, there's the writing in this movie is fucking fantastic. Like, oh, absolutely. The dialogue is like poetic without ever like stretching the bounds of like what these real people would say if they were real people you know yeah absolutely and like even the cadence of like how they speak to we talked about it in crimes of the future which go back and listen to that episode highly recommend that it was that like dance that they sort of have with each other like even the, the speed of like the dialogue being delivered it's very much like it feels like almost like a classic noir movie it's like a waltz but verbally yeah absolutely yeah yeah Yeah, i had that like like dance about it like the cadence it was really fucking cool i love this scene i do like i oh sorry uh i just real quick i i I like that line specifically about the philosophy too because again it it very much predicted media to come uh with with the internet and i mean as stupid as it sounds it's very true memes and meme culture is like the number one thing and the first thing to be weaponized when it comes to pushing an agenda i mean you have you have like unfortunately pepe the frog getting co-opted we have literal (laughs) we have literal milk in the okay symbol being co-opted by by certain um uh, groups of political figures and just these ridiculous things and it's not so much uh sharing and you know you can still share pepe the frog but it's 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 again that it's the philosophy that makes it dangerous and it's it's what a lot of people on youtube and like reddit and all them say it's like the soap the so-and-so pipeline like the yeah, the, the yeah, vegan sure. the vegan to racist pipeline which is very <laughs> yeah. much a real thing somehow yeah um <laughs> dude pipelines are my favorite things and and this kind of proves it right there it's like you can share a pepe meme and mean nothing by it um i have a friend yeah. that got pepe tattooed on him well before this in like 2010 and he regrets it because now that the philosophy's <laughs> there it was just this stupid meaningless thing I hope he has plans to cover that up. Yeah, soon. yeah. Feels bad, man. Yeah, That's yeah exactly. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it fucking yeah. does. Yeah. So, so, so Masha uh, informs Max that if he wants to know more about this, he needs to track down Brian Oblivion. And mm-hmm. and so we cut to. Max walking down the street and walking around a line of, you know, what looks like homeless people congregating around this doorway. And we see a yeah, sign. Yeah, going to a little, like, 
uh, mission? Yeah. yeah. Or, what is we it? see a sign that says the cathode ray mission, and when he goes, that's right. When yeah. he goes inside, they he sees that there's all these little cubicles with TVs in them, and so basically, yeah, it's like a methadone clinic, but it's for homeless yeah. people yeah. who aren't getting to watch TV. So yeah, yeah, he so interesting. Cronenberg specifically notes that when he shot the scene and like created the scene uh, in the script, that he wanted to essentially make like kind of an area like if Marshall McCollin again, but if he created like a um, what is it? It's not Goodwill, but the people that ring the bells. Um, oh, Salvation Army. Yeah. Salvation Army. Like if Marshall McCollin made like a Salvation <laughs> Army interesting center for people, but because he has this belief that like TV is a necessary propriety yeah. of like yeah, yeah. healthy stability. So yeah, they just come in and it's like very dystopian, and they sit there and they're just like deadlocked with their yeah uh, yeah yeah with their sure. TVs yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting philosophy that she's it, gonna bring up too. It's right terrifying, now, it's very interesting. But I think unintentionally very funny because mm-hmm. we see a lot of those scenes of him looking and making eye contact with these people watching TV, and it's like borderline very like Home Alone goofy. Yeah, but, it's very awkward. Yeah, for sure. But uncomfortable at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. And even then, she's gonna bring up a philosophy that was just like kind of interesting when it when she said what she's gonna say. I was like. That kind of makes sense though. Oh, yeah. It's like it's like not being connected to the internet too. Like yeah. it's the same exact yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. You know I, what I, mean? I, I totally agree. Very interesting. I totally agree. Very interesting. So so just to kind of get to that part, he, he walks he walks in, he's seen all these people, they're all, as you guys said, just addicted to television. Like like I said too, it's like a methadone clinic. Yeah. Like these people methadone, would, yeah, for sure. would just not be able to exist without these little hits of tv and they even call them like yeah. television doses and we see th- yeah, yeah we see this woman walking around and she's clearly like um in a position of authority and we find out that she is bianca oblivion his daughter brian's daughter mm-hmm. and he's sort of it's a great name by the way i love just the last name oblivion is so cool yeah it is it's pretty awesome <laughs> that's awesome and and i i love a generational stage name <clears throat> right <laughs> and so he's he's waiting for her by the stairs as she starts to like go up to her office and he tells her you know there's something that i need to talk to your father about and she takes him mm-hmm. up to her office and pretty much informs him like no one talks to my father directly you know what is this really about and yeah. he says she says, if he wants to respond to you, he'll send you a tape. You know, what is your preferred format? And he says, Videodrome. And she goes, is that a Japanese configuration? And, yeah, you see the little, like, stumble in her face. <laughs> yeah. And and he smiles and he goes, so she doesn't, so he doesn't know about it. Tell him about Videodrome and tell him, you know, to reach out to me. I think he'll want to mm-hmm. have a... A conversation yeah and she when she's talking about that philosophy like you said she says that this is patching these people back into the world's mixing board that by doing yeah. this they'll yeah. be able to rejoin society without media consumption on the street like you were saying very interesting they're losing touch yeah. with the the, o- the overall things happening in society how even, the world is even like, now with our phones on, you, you know, know I mean? like waking up and seeing yeah. news headlines and shit 
There's even yep. there's and it reinforces like there's compilations I've seen that are just hard to watch but like these kids now that are like six seven currently and they'll be in their sleep you know scrolling in their sleep or like crying because (laughs) they'll be crying and they'll be like slamming like their fingers on their hands like they want an ipad in their hands because they're you know they're growing up on ipad like a lot of them i'm not gonna like be like the boomer that's like kids these days living on their goddamn phones it's literally it is a very it's literally a a punchline it it reinforces that same thing and she also mentions uh, a couple quotes where where he asks where um, Brian is, and and she says something along the lines of, um, "I am my father's screen." Yeah, and she is like this that. Christ-like figure, this like mm-hmm. this Jesus figure, mm-hmm. and um, also She's the, the priest. The setting in that room, exactly, and that setting in the room upstairs is very medieval, and it was like a very nice contrast because you have this like medieval background that um, our main character yeah. Max even references. And uh, it was mentioned, I forget who mentioned it. I think it was James Woods. He, he talks about how much he loves the fact that um, uh, the, unintention, or the intentional touches of just set design. And mm-hmm. I, I'm mad at he it. He says, I love I'm the mad, view. Yeah, I'm mad at it. And shout out the set designer's name or write it down. But um, my God, it was yeah. beautiful. And that <laughs> yeah. Renaissance flair um, mixed with like this modern question that's like brand new, this technological breakthrough. It was yeah. this like religious experience with this technology, but also like it's very like with. yeah. The set design is in 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 the dialogue have this weird like bridge in between with the characters, mm-hmm. and it's like this. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that. Yeah, he he really makes the most in his movies of every person on the team where like the color grading, the set design, the acting, the yep. cinematography, everything blends together to ultimately serve the setting and the story and the themes in this just masterful way. Like he, you know, mm-hmm. you, you a lot of people yep. do shit for 30 years and never master it this dude's been at the top you know just at yeah since, out the gate he's yeah fucking making bangers bro for the last 40 years he's just been at the same level yeah. of skill and just waiting for his budgets and technology to catch up to him yeah absolutely like you know we keep comparing it crimes almost feels like another attempt at this movie in a weird way and thousand uh, percent speaking yep. of crimes i remember reading this when crimes of the future came out he had written that script um shortly after naked lunch i believe in like the late 90s no no not naked lunch um existence with jude law mm, yeah um, Wait, existence yeah, yeah. or wrote- existence Existence, yeah, that one. Um, But he wrote that script on the tail end, I want to say, of filming that movie. So that was in like 99 or 2000. And he said it himself. He was like, I just sat on it and I waited um, because he didn't feel like um, we were at a point where the movie would. He 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 kind of admits that, like, he, he felt like the movie wasn't at a point where it would have been grasped and also like you said the mm-hmm. technology like a lot of his career is just sitting on this stuff like he is very yeah. i don't yeah. want to oversell the word but prophetic in his writing he's letting it simmer. Yeah. yeah yeah and i will say just real quick before we move on existence sounds like gas station boner pills it, so yeah what? go ahead <laughs> you got go you got to existend that thing <laughs> <laughs> oh that took me too long 
So stupid. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. <laughs> so, so we go from him talking to Bianca and saying, you know, reach out to your father. I think he'll want to talk to Max sitting at home and watching Videodrome, smoking a cigarette. He goes to his kitchen and we see that he's purchased a gun. That it it's yeah. Does he have? Is he sitting with the with the holster on yet? At this no, point, no, no. He he goes. To, oh, okay. He, he goes. He gonna... goes into his kitchen and he unzips a bag and it's like a leather like pistol carrying bag. Yeah, it was a weird looking bag, bro. I was like, that shit. It's just it's just like a carrying case. It just looked like a little like heroin kit. I was like, where is this movie going? <laughs> and then yeah, it's like covered in a brown paper bag. So it's like he probably bought that mm-hmm. like secondhand, you know, on the on the street. Oh, for sure. It's a black yeah. market gun. There's no serial number. Yeah, for sure. And he's sitting there looking at the gun, and suddenly there's a knock at his door, and he he goes and gets the door, and it's Bridey, and she says, "Hey, here's your your wake up cassette, you know." I looked into it for you. Uh, Cram, the radio station, said that Nikki Brand is not on assignment for them. Mm. So interesting. So she did not go to Pittsburgh for work reasons. Interesting. I didn't catch that. It's just one quick line of dialogue, and then she she just walks over to where the that's, video that's drone tapes are. And she's like, oh, what's this? And he runs over and says, don't touch that, and slaps her, like, yeah. full fucking force. <laughs> yeah. And she yeah. she becomes Nikki. And then he slaps her again. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that was a trip. Yeah, he backhands the shit out of her, like, two times. <laughs> yeah, he hits her again, and she becomes Bridie again. And she says, you know, Jesus, mm-hmm. you scared me. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry for hitting you. And she's like, you didn't hit me. What the fuck are you talking you about? Me. Yeah. Yeah. And he just makes up like some excuses about being exhausted and, you know, you, you got to go and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, before I forget, here's another tape. It's from Brian Oblivion. I was told to hand deliver this to you. Yeah. As she says that too, another shout out to the set design. I love this a lot. And I cut it or I cut it. I caught it in the commentary. Um that uh, a lot of his posters in the background, he has a very, a very, very, very uh, cliche bachelor's pad. Um, just yeah. kind of food everywhere. These these like erotic yeah, smut posters the on the wall. Hilarious. And he has this <laughs> two. Not that's I'm 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 getting to that one, but that one's really funny. This one's more just interesting that James Woods points out where when he's talking to her right before she leaves, there's a picture of. Um, an astronaut on the moon and he's extending his hand out and then taped over that poster is a picture of a hand holding a moon almost like a jpeg and it kind of like reinforces this idea that like it's showing all these layers of reality and like Mm kind of breaking down like the video drone mentality just through like posters on the wall and stuff but but i I think chad's talking about the one that i had to look at quite a lot and it's a a picture (laughs) of hitler photoshopped in i want to say a tutu tutu, on skis as someone points and laughs at him and he has a giant swastika on his tutu yeah yeah Yeah. and he does not look happy it's very ridiculous That's so fucking funny, yeah. So, so at one point he had said that video drome. He mentioned that it basically means like video circus or video arena, 
and Arena. so yeah, and so this is the first breathing tape that we see that he receives from Oblivion. Yeah, that shit is so cool. <laughs> it's so fucking weird, and he puts it yeah. in, and Brian is like, uh, you know, this is the the battle for the minds of North America will be fought in the video arena, the video drone. Mm-hmm. The, the TV screen is part of the physical structure of the brain. Therefore, whatever appears on the television screen emerges as raw experience for those who, who watch yep. it. And he's, Therefore, television he, is reality. It's, it, it, it hits very and heavy. And reality on, like, is less than television. Yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of like TikTok discourse that a lot of people will have in the news and stuff like just like media shaping stuff. And and ironically, when I heard that line, I did think about the fact that I was on my phone up until the point where I hit play the first time I started this today. And the last thing I saw going on my phone, I went on Instagram and it was a clip of somebody's Instagram live where they were filming their girlfriend and their girlfriend just shoots and kills them. And it's just like this casual. Yeah. Yeah. It was this guy and he wouldn't leave her home and it's like, blah, blah. And then he just falls and then it cuts. Oh, and that's just casually on a meme page on Instagram. And it, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking of that in just this this casual, you know, live leak uh, 4chan. Oh, yeah, Rotten.com. Yeah. 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 yeah death is just so stuff. nonchalant now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely desensitized in a, in a very big way. Yeah. A I, thousand I, no, percent. The, yeah. the four, the five of us that do this show, I mean. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I didn't mean the, the societal we. I meant us. Well, societal <laughs> I mean, we, too. I, I mean, kind of think, have, yeah, I was going to say, like, I think I, there's a case to be made for the societal parts. You have, no, like, no, six-year-olds. Sure, sure. We're just worse, I'm saying. <laughs> you have six-year-olds. They might be running around talking about skibbity toilet, but they're also watching, you know, 4K videos of, you know, ISIS rockets going ISIS off. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Fuck me, that's so dark. Some drone strikes going on, and some eight-year-old's yeah, like, "Oh dude. my god, get him!" Yeah, like, Jesus. like uh, kids on social media now feel like a Wonder Shows and skit from two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Oh, funny, interesting, and it's it's painfully accurate. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Brian goes on to explain that the video drone signal creates a tumor in your brain and he says that he he says that well rather he says that the visions but that's what he's getting at is that the visions created by the signal that he created videodrome Mm -hmm. that that it it created this signal creates the tumor and then the tumor creates the hallucinations so so let me back up because this is where it becomes like kind of magical and just unex- yeah, unexplainable. Yeah, shit just goes off the rails. And it's, it's just like we just have to take what we're told at face value because any other explanation is just reaching. So he says, yeah, for sure. He says, I had these, these visions. It turned out that I had this tumor in my brain. I do not mm-hmm. believe that the tumor made the visions, I believe that the visions made the tumor. We removed the tumor from my brain. And that tumor became Videodrome. Became Videodrome, yeah. yeah. So it's just... So interesting. It's just literally a physical part of his brain a- after his claim that Look, the TV that obviously exists outside of us is also a physical mm-hmm. part of the inside of our brain. It's just... 
insane metaphysical. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I took it more as just like how a lot of people online will use the term like, oh, my God, that show was such cancer or like cancerous material and stuff like that. So it's more just like the overconsumption of this like smut uh, media that's being consumed. Um, yeah, just rotting your brain almost like in a, have you both seen from beyond the Stuart Gordon movie? Uh uh-uh. no, um, I haven't actually seen it, but I've seen a bunch of stills. And yeah, so yeah, yeah it's a great. it's a similar plot line where this mad scientist makes this frequency wave that shows like a fourth dimension of creatures, H.P. Lovecraft, and yeah, yeah, yeah. overexposure to that stimulates your pineal gland instead, That's right. and That's it right, comes yeah. out through your head, and it's very int- mm-hmm. it, it's very reminiscent of this, and I think it came after, which is interesting. <laughs> God the fucking pineal gland you don't want to over calcify (laughs) (laughs) fluoride speaking of gooning (laughs) fluoride's turning our frogs gay yeah that's right and as as oblivion is explaining this i thought this was super interesting because there's sort of this like argument to be made that when he's like locked into videodrome it's almost like they're in this like privileged level of reality where it's like they talk about yeah a hundred percent they talk about his physical body being dead but the new flesh and all of these things so it's like is this truly oblivion having this conversation and as he's explaining Mm -hmm. this the hooded figures from videodrome come around and tie him down and garrote him to death Mm -hmm. As if yep. they as if they don't want him to give this explanation to Max. Yeah, but he he says uh, I was Videodrum's first victim. Yeah, yeah. Which it was also it, it was also his like delivery during getting tied down and like being choked out and having the bag put over his head. He was so nonchalant about it, so it makes it <laughs> seem like at this point, if it's not just for him, um, just like maybe they don't want him. To tell, but I like mm. the fact that he was so calm and so like collective about it because he's probably experienced this like so often that he's just completely numb yeah. to the delusions. So it, 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 a lot of characters will act like this going forward, where uh, something insane is happening and they're acting very like stilted and more just like mm-hmm. in wonder. And I, I really yeah, like yeah, the yeah. I really like the acting choices in this movie a lot going forward. Yeah, yeah, it's all very consistent yeah. with the world that they're building. Like it's mm-hmm. not overly dramatized in any way it's like just right and so the final hooded figure in this video well or transmission rather uh maybe takes their hood off and it's nikki and she tells him to come to her and her lips fill the screen and he leans in and puts his head into the screen, and it's just this yeah, weird this moment. Is so weird. She's like kissing him through the screen. It's just so, so strange. Dude. And the TV's like that's what, breathing okay, that's, and pulsating. That's what I was gonna bring up. The the um the delivery of the character while he's like telling the screen, or while he's telling Max, like I was the first victim and everything. That whole like delivery of that character was really like haunting because it kind of reminded me of that actual like new was it a newscaster christine or whatever that committed suicide no not christine another one the 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 dude 
who was uh, like showing like some gun safety thing or whatever. I forgot what it was, but he like he fucking committed suicide live on TV. Yeah, that's literally what that reminded me of, like how that like how he delivered it and like that just like cool, calm demeanor, and then just like this harrowing fucking image happened it's funny too because it's feeding into the whole thing of this like live tv broadcast of just like torture and suicide exactly also i'm just now realizing this this isn't really delegated to the scene but kind of because these transmissions um i don't think either of you have beaten the game but if you've played cyberpunk 2077 there's this through line of these things called bds and you put this headset on and you buy these discs and they're called brain dances and they essentially well, yeah. uh, pay people to die. And then they have like optics in their eyes that are recording. So you're paying to live. You kind of do this virtual reality version of what they're doing where you're oh, feeling like you're feeling the pain. You're feeling the fear of what they're feeling. And it's smut. It's it's snuff. But you're feeling it. Interesting. And uh, they have, yeah, it, it, it's almost one-to-one in this movie the way they explain it. And compared to Cyberpunk that I found really cool too. That's fascinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, but I mean, this whole fucking this te- this TV scene was fucking wild. Oh yeah. Like, no. Obviously, I've seen stills of this shit, but like watching dude, this shit unfold, it's was completely wild. practical too. Like there was no CG yeah. on the TV. They had like yeah, this. Yeah, you could totally tell. Yeah, too. and and even James Woods that was there, he he was saying, you know, twenty years later on the uh, commentary, he was like, I still don't understand how they managed to get that to work in 1983. Like I, they had like this thick membrane over an entirely electrical working TV and they managed to like project the, the tape onto this membrane that was from like the inside. Yeah. And it was being blown with air and pushed in with him. And he said it felt like a, like, like skin, like a breast. It was very, very, um, very skin like. And then they also, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they also had like like the 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 TV that breathed like around it. They had like yeah, it, it looked yeah. like um it, it looked it like gets a veiny. yeah it looked like a chest though <laughs> like the inside they had like this 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 network of wires that were pumping air in and out of it. Wow, and they that's yeah so cool. a completely working TV and that's completely yeah, yeah. practical and it's that's crazy. dude the average age Rick Baker was the special effects um, yeah. supervisor. Shout the fuck out! It was yeah, it was him his wife that worked night and day and then the group of like five people i want to say the average age collective for them was 23 years old doing the practical Damn, effects dude that's fucking awesome uh, he was like 25 i think the oldest one oh my he God. said he felt like a dad because like there was like 19 year olds and 20 year olds what, what did yeah. we say he was the nine-year-old among eight-year-olds yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that still holds true at that age range that's for sure yeah but yeah these 23 year olds on average just making like what is still to this day almost 40 years later like groundbreaking special effects groundbreaking. and i mean Absolutely. he went on to yeah. like do like some of the best stuff ever he did the thing yep he's he's yep. academy yeah, award shredded yeah that's crazy that's fucking awesome though mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so then we are treated to something that i always love in a movie is a is a callback sequence so we get the same sequence of bianca walking the floor of the mission you know, kind of poking her head in on a couple people and being like, hey, good work. Rah, da, da. And as she goes over to the stairs, Max is sitting there. This time he's on the stairs and he has the tape mm-hmm. and he says, you know, interesting stuff. Very, very cutting edge. And as she goes to take it, yeah. he says, careful, it bites. It bites. And they go up into her office 
and he's he's like okay obviously you guys know what's going on like this this tape gave me all these hallucinations and she says first time and he says no i've been hallucinating ever since the first time that i saw a video drum and he realizes this mm-hmm. okay and this makes me think like i don't think he ever <laughs> like the talk show the time he spends with her in his house all of those i don't think he yeah with nikki i don't think nikki's a real person interesting like there's nothing okay. there's nothing to before the talk show to point to like her being a a, a like figure in this world or something like that mm-hmm. and you mean like a physical entity like or or would it kind of be one of those things where like it was an imaginary like uh, well, relationship that he kind of ran with in his head? Well, I think he just he's just hallucinating, and this is what Videodrome does to you. So he hallucinates this woman who wants to have a uh, uh, you know S and M physical sexual relationship. Interesting. To start- that makes a lot of sense too. Videodrome yeah. gave him his Joker moment, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. He junked yeah. too close to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, but but like truly it it's it's it like doesn't really add up, especially if she's supposed to be like this personality who's like, we're overstimulated, it's bad, but like he, you know, he could get through to her. And then it turns out mm-hmm. she's actually a super freak, even though what she does <laughs> as a celebrity is like try to help people through their crises. <laughs> like it just all is like very inconsistent. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like that person couldn't exist. It's not like having, you know, rough sex means that that you can't yeah, be yeah. kind and caring. But like it mm-hmm. just it just seems like this man invented a woman that was perfect for him in these circumstances because a hallucination machine had already been pointed at him and fired, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I, sure. I, I took it as more like um that she I, I I'm on your side with this, but more that um she could interact with kind of the outside world like she was kind of like cortana in a sense like a virtual hallucination oh, like yeah like videodrome like used yeah. this image of this woman from this talk show that he's seen kind of like how like you walk down the street when you go downtown and you see a hundred yeah. people the woman and then you red. dream about them later yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 oh yeah exactly, exactly. the matrix yeah Literally, yeah the matrix. so yeah. i'm sure he has seen this woman somewhere in in this videodrome I, whatever I sh- it may i should be, back is... up I, I think the talk show could be real but i don't think he actually betted this woman yeah no yeah, no sure, yeah sure. like completely like, yeah. like literally yeah. it being like you know i think we're over simulated like she doesn't seem like the kind of person who would be into his shit and that's what would like turn on a guy like him is like oh she doesn't seem like it but she is and for her to like flip to like look at these scars i like being cut sexually yeah yeah i I bring up the whole cortana aspect too because listening to uh deborah harry uh talk about Mm -hmm. her character with this being one of her first roles that she took and again, uh, mentioning that the script wasn't even completely finished when when shooting, let alone and, when she and, was pitched this, it had like seventy pages. Too, uh, that that's Blondie. 
Debbie Harry is, that is, is blonde. blonde. Oh. I've seen this movie about ten times over the course of maybe fifteen years, and I'm just now discovering today that that's Blondie. Um, <laughs> yep, absolutely. The original rapper. Yup. Yeah. <laughs> yup, absolutely. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Can't let her live that one down. Uh, oh, that's so good. But <laughs> but she does. She 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 talks about how like going into this role in in that intimidation of working with someone like James Woods, who's very method yeah. and very classically trained, and her being very new to like the form of acting in movies, and and she just her and James were constantly hounding Cronenberg, not in a in an upset way or frustration, but more just like genuine curiosity of like all of these questions that we're asking now, like. Who is Nikki? What is Nikki? Is Nikki real? Is yeah, Nikki fake? Yeah, yeah. And as these pages are coming in, she she talks about how this is at a point before we had, you know, Alexas, before we had modern AI. We just had like mm -hmm. kind of the concept of it. So this very much coined in a way she feels like the first type of avatar. And that's why I say Cortana, like this this conduit, like this Obi-Wan, you're my yeah. only hope, this hologram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. For and sure. that Videodrome is like protruding onto the world or to him, you know. That makes a lot more sense actually now when yeah. I like think about that. Yeah, that totally makes because it, it is like, yeah, she happens to pop up after the yeah. uh, seeing video drone yeah. you know he's it's it very the first time and then she pops up in his apartment yeah it's very truman show in that way of like yeah. just planting yeah, yeah, yeah. all these people and um mm -hmm. that's why i said from the very beginning and this is before i even heard that commentary track like even from the get-go when we see our character he seems very like coerced into all these things and that's why i reference old boy like it's this grand it's it's, ve yeah, it's, it's sure. very wood that he can't they're avoid. like hurting him yeah, yeah they're hurting him yeah. and him to like the yeah into the pen for sure uh i wasn't sure if you if you heard what i said austin but i no well, sorry i said it's very would you kindly would you kindly? Would you kindly? That's from the first Bioshock. Oh my God! Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I yeah, just, totally, yeah, I just totally. played that game this year. That's so Shock funny. Oh, I know. Wow. wow. Alyssa, Alyssa got so mad at me that she literally like stormed out of the room when I told her I never played it, and then demanded I play it. So I downloaded <laughs> it and I played it. I played the remaster. Amazing game. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, yeah, it's it really fucking, fucking good. Slaps, it, it holds up today. Now yeah. you gotta play play two and infinite, and don't skip two. It's worth yep. playing. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. Um anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> yeah. So they're in they're in her office, they're talking. She asks him, you know, how did you find out about Videodrome? There was a pirate uh satellite dish that we used. She's like, Well, you know, the tape I I gave you is from my own personal videodrome collection and he's like, But it's just your father sitting at his desk and she's like, Yeah, you know, the tone of the imagery uh, explains the tone of the hallucinations. Um, yeah, it was. I did not. I could not grasp this part. I was like, "What?" Well, again, even the movie itself, the people behind Videodrome and the people who understand Videodrome give you different explanations. Like, and I think that's yeah. baked in. Where it's like, I think part of this movie is is him as a creator saying, "Okay, if." If I'm putting all of this stuff out into the world, what am I expecting people to do with that? And and mm. you know what would be an acceptable and an unacceptable legacy? Like he's yeah yeah for sure. You know and how much of kids who play Call of Duty and then you you know like 
school shooter kids probably play Call of Duty. But mm-hmm. does that mean that Call of Duty has any amount of a hand in that? And like personally, I would say no. Yeah. But yeah. I can see yeah. how Cronenberg would be like, "Fuck, man! Like, do I have a responsibility in in that yeah. kind of stuff?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense too. And like, I've always, I, I've always kind of like wrestled with that notion as an artist myself like you know what responsibility do i have you know to the audience i guess as like content creator of like the type of shit that i put out there you know the type of like vibe or whatever like but but ultimately i think at the end of the day like art is supposed to be digested and like you know be it's it's all meant to be uh in interpreted the way you're going to interpret it you know what i mean it's all subjective so I think you don't have any obligation to like please anybody or like walk on eggshells per se when it comes to art. I feel personally, this is all just me, but I feel like, yeah, you're right. Like this is him sort of battling with that like question of like how much of like, is this ba- putting bad juju out into the world? It's, yeah. You know? it, it, it's this, it's this weird line you know, blurry line kind of thing where it's like, I don't want to censor anybody, but I've literally been given demo tapes by rappers where I listen to it. And there's one guy, I can't remember his name. I kind of wish I could, but it's also kind of like, good. I'm glad that I can, (laughs) but literally it was like, it was like a concept album where every song was like, so I'm going to kidnap this bitch and I'm going to fucking tie her down and I'm going to rape her and I'm going to fucking kill her and I'm going to chop her up and leave her. And it was just over and over and over. And it was just like, holy shit, dude. Like, maybe I can't say that this art shouldn't exist, but, like, you're a fucking terrible person and I am not (laughs) booking you. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I... I like this whole meditation also because, and and again, like meditation, I think is the perfect word because he never gives you an answer. And that's kind of what we're getting at where we don't know where to land. And and that's why I like his movies where Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not a cut and dry. Like this is the moral of the story, but it's not like even an art house film where it's like, you got to look for the moral of the story through these shots and these like very obscure things. He's very much like I said, a lecture hall earlier. He just proposes questions. He's like, Mm -hmm. what do you think about this? Like he's having, like it's almost yeah, like he was, ri- fucked up? yeah, he was he was writing the script right, and then like he probably got like um like a rating back from like the rating board in Toronto, and they're like fuck you, this is getting like an X rating or whatever, and yeah. um he was like well what the fuck, and he probably had this this dialogue in his head and he just spit it out on the paper and put it there, like he doesn't know what that is right sense. and what is wrong, and he's just kind of mm-hmm. giving us that thought like. He, he gives thoughts more than answers, and I like that. I like being able to think more, making my own conclusions, rather than someone being like, man, bad, man, yeah, good. Like, even then, it goes it goes back to the funny games thing where we're talking about like how that sort of even that movie itself was a question to the audience as yeah. to like, why do you why did you just sit through that yeah you know like yeah. how could you and, you know i and i appreciate that and i brought i brought that up too because he does mention his frustrations with uh the rating system in canada specifically and um, oh yeah yeah i guess uh over in toronto especially at that time i'm not sure about now when they when they when you submit it for a rating they won't um give you a rating back they'll just cut it 
Like they'll just cut what they want to cut. What and then, the fuck? That's not, not, I mean, yeah. So like that's they'll be, fucked. and then they'll tell you. They'll essentially tell you like this is the movie. This is the way we need it if it's going to air in theaters. If you oh, air fuck. it the way that you want to air it, and these things aren't cut, you can go to jail. You'll be jailed. Wow. Yeah, around that time in Canada, like their rating system was super harsh on censorship. Fuck. And dude. he really praised in that John Carpenter roundtable with him and John Landis. Um, he kind of defended those two in their frustrations with like Halloween and American Werewolf um, in London because yeah. they were very frustrated with you know getting a rated X because one extra second of boobage was hanging out um, yep. in Halloween. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear me out though. Hear me out though. You can still air that movie. Like, you're not going to get the response you want. You're not going to get the money you want. It's not practical. But, like, I yeah. go to jail if I air this movie. And then he says, at the yeah. same time, they yeah. go, well, you can you can air it somewhere else. He's like, yeah, but I have to air it in Toronto because it's the 80s and Toronto is Hollywood at the time, really, mm -hmm. uh, because of union issues in Hollywood in Toronto. Yep. And then, since it's on film, it's going to be distributed everywhere. So no matter how much I edit this movie, I can't unedit it because it's going to get sent out from yep. Toronto. So it kind of just yeah. feels like him having a, a side temper tantrum this whole section right here like him, <laughs> him airing sense, all yeah. of these frustrations yeah for sure that's hella funny <laughs> i mean yeah i i understand though like feeling hamstrung by that like that's that's a shitty fucked up feeling and being confined within that system and yeah i could i could see how that's that's part and parcel with what else is going on here and kind of mm -hmm. how like he started with a real life question and then just extrapolated it into this completely other world where yeah how weird can we get with it <laughs> it's almost like he said what if there was a world where censorship was necessary like that almost seems mm -hmm. to be like that's like fair. like, yeah, that's like fair. the yeah. thesis where it's like what would actually necessitate censorship okay mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. purely snuff and it's creating tumors in your brain. It's evil. Yeah, yeah. it's like evil <laughs> snuff. Like, like you. And I feel like that, I feel like that might be the statement to to actually get to the point where you where something needs to be censored is is yeah. evil, otherworldly snuff. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know anything sure. anything just short of that anything short of that and it's just about having the discretion to like yeah don't show a 12 year old video drum unless they're like a really cool 12 year old <laughs> and he does say that too he defends in that same roundtable talk because the guy pro probes him and says yeah well you know uh, we need that rating system and we need this and that because you know children are going to see these movies regardless we need to you know have something in line he's like oh yeah no kid should see this movie my daughter's not going to see this movie but mm -hmm. that doesn't negate the fact that you know people should be barred from seeing a movie you know, in Canada, like I shouldn't be jailed because I want to put this movie out. It's your choice. Hey, motherfucking. You, it's you your should, choice to watch this yeah. movie. If you have kids, that's your responsibility. It's not my fucking responsibility. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, so he's in the office with Bianca and she makes this kind of off the cuff remark about how she knew they'd be sending someone to hurt her and she thought it would be him. But it's clear now that he's a victim like her father. And he's yeah, she said, well, she says that she just knew that someone would come back to hurt her one day 
because of this. Like she yeah. just knew, and she's like, I just yeah. And I had a feeling it might be yeah. You. yeah. But yeah, no, I don't think no one. I don't think it was implied that anyone sent him. But yeah, she just kind of was like, oh, like just it's gonna be inevitable. Is I guess in my line of work. I think that well, but she's talking about her dad's link to Videodrome and how he thought they were creating a good thing, but then they were his partners were actually going to be using it as a weapon. So yeah, he, yeah. So he tried yeah, to stop them. Him. So he she is one hundred percent implying that the other people behind Videodrome are going to come after that her. That makes sense. So, that so that's what sense. she said yeah. is like, I thought Videodrome was going to send someone to kill me when you first came. For sure. I thought it was you. Now I see you're a victim, too. Yeah. 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 And she tells him. Her- Damn, that's some cold shit to tell someone. <laughs> <though>. Yeah. <laughs> you're just a bitch. She, <laughs> she tells him. She tells him that her father is in the other room and he will be disappointed by him. And when they go in, it's just racks and racks of VHS tapes. And she's yeah. It's she wild. says he created the video library. Yeah, he created these thousands of tapes, like three or four of them a day. And this is mm-hmm. what his TV appearances are: is she splices these tapes together to create his. Yep, it's all pre-recorded conversations mm-hmm. or monologues, I guess you could call. Yeah, them. exactly mm-hmm. monologues. And so she goes through as they're talking. And she tells him, you know, you have the the tumor in your brain. It's the Videodrome signal that does it. It can be under anything, even just like a test pattern signal. Um, yeah. But what what is shown with it dictates what the hallucinations are like. And then later we're told that it has to be the things that are shown with it. So it's, again, it's just it being at odds with itself. Weird. It's not like an yeah, inconsistency yeah, sure. as much as it is like I, the world is inconsistent. Yeah, I feel yeah, like that was sure. that was also a result of just, you know, writing as they're filming because it feels very much like they say, like you said, yeah, we have this like ring situation where we get this tape and we're seeing these still images and these hallucinations come from like, you know, the Scarecrow-esque Batman vibe mm. of like what our fears are <laughs> manifest. Yeah, but then we have like sure. this Manchurian candidate situation where the they can send frequencies through like a sonar gun to you and it's mm-hmm. like everything all at once it felt like they had all these ideas and they just kind of threw it all together and said pick one i don't know we don't have enough time <laughs> fuck it yeah fuck exactly. it we're gonna do it just film it <laughs> that's that's true but i think it it works to its favor in a way well, oh I, yeah, that's not that's not like oh, yeah, a discredit yeah. to it at all. I, oh no, no, definitely, yeah. definitely. I guess I'm just commenting on like that sort of divine accident of art sometimes, mm-hmm. which yeah, which yeah. If, which in music you experience a lot. Oh, meant to play this chord, but my finger was off by by two keys just on accident, and you know, actually there was kind of something to that. And then you start messing around, and you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whoops, won a Grammy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're like, whoa, that that wasn't how I meant to modulate that, but like that that actually sounded exactly. pretty sick. Let me let me see exactly. what this sounds like when I do that. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Um, so she gives him a handful of tapes and says, you know, take these home. This is this is my father. Like, you know, you should you should hear it from him. And so it cuts to him at home wearing the holster, holding his gun for no reason, which I think just shows he's paranoid as fuck at this point. He's just, yeah, I was going to say that's the paranoia kind of setting. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. 
and he's scratching at his stomach, which I fucking loved. I <laughs> yeah. was like, ooh, here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's watching a tape of, of the professor, and he says, you know, this growth in my head, I don't think that it's like an uncontrolled mass of bubbling flesh. It's an it's a new organ. It's an organ. Massive doses of video drum signal will ultimately create a new outgrowth uh, of the human brain. Which circling back to fucking Back yeah. to the Future Crimes with the, future. the new organs, yep. bro. Yep. Like, yep, totally, totally. Uh, you know what I mean? And he said, "This will go listen to that episode, bro." <laughs> he said, "These this organ will create and control hallucinations to the point that it will change human reality." And as all, as all of this is happening, he looks down and realizes he now has, like, a vertical vaginal... A vagina. Yeah, a, a, a VCR <laughs> vagina in his stomach. A, a, a Chistosy, yeah. Chistosy VS. VHS? Chistosy HS. There we go. Chistosy R. Chistosy R, there we go. <laughs> That sounds like a That's that so sounds good. like a fucking craft boy RD meal. Just a CR. Molto bene. It's like it sounds like the the Quizno, the Quizno monsters. Just a CR. Just a CR. Is very good for us. Put the gun in there. <laughs> oh, so good. But this can this I, is Can I can I Oh no, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, okay. No, um I just I, I need to rant for just like 40 seconds about this Tristosi we have here. Starting now. This Tristosi, starting now, I'm looking at the timer. Okay, this Tristosi, this this chest cavity, this beautiful pink rose we have protruding from this man's uh, lumbar. Um, it is beautiful in, in, in the creation of it. We have oh, like, yeah. dude, this one scene of him sitting on the couch took eight hours to film. Uh, oh. So when you see him on the couch, that entire chest that you see is completely prop. Yeah. The oh, only yeah, the sure. only thing that is him is his 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 head and his hands. Uh, yeah. Under yeah. the couch, he's standing, but it, it just just enough to not fall over. And they actually had two professional uh, masseuses constantly uh, massaging his legs wow. for eight hours so they could keep the blood flow there. In in wow. just the amount of detail that went into this thing, because back in the day. Uh, when it came to like color correcting on paint with the type of cameras that they used, things would yeah. come out more blue. So he mm -hmm. said it would take like a total of like maybe 13 hours total of makeup. Just not all in oh. one go, but like just constantly dabbing for hours on end. Just make it pinker, mm -hmm. make it pinker, make it mm -hmm. pinker. Mm -hmm. And just the amount of effort that went in. To and get the flesh tone. Yeah. Like, and he's like, he's like yeah, this, this one shot took like 20 hours. After. <laughs> That yeah. beautiful, pristine, <laughs> dewdrop look that we love to see. Um, no, but just, and then you see the scene, and it's like maybe 10 seconds, and I'm like, good, yeah. I'm glad it's there, yeah. but holy shit, that was like two days of work total. Yeah, dude, straight he, up he, that he, one fucking effect. Yeah, he said they filmed it on a Saturday, and it was the greatest Sunday of his life, uh, just <laughs> just doing nothing after that, and yeah, I was just so. hearing the creation of this goddamn monstrosity was really impressive yeah it's fascinating because i mean again you work all that all that time for it just to come up you know like in flashes but also mm -hmm. that makes it fucking stand out even yeah. more because when people go back and they remember these scenes these are the scenes that they remember the, about this movie you know uh -huh. I mean, these are the scenes that stand out to people yeah and it's like yeah in a way they're doing the heaviest lifting 
in oh, the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's that's all. It's crazy all the shit that goes into, you know, shoots like that and all the makeup and everything. Fuck yeah. Fucking the time sink. So he uh so he decides, you know, new Chester, so you better check it out, see how it works. <laughs> He just does see who this. He doesn't even spit on it first. He just puts his gun in there. It was the eighties. Foreplay wasn't really, you know, sex That's, ed. Sex ed wasn't you know widespread. Exist, I don't think James it was a man's has world. ever foreplayed in his life. <laughs> exactly. Dude, my man was like the epitome of sigma male twink. I don't know what you're talking about. That man slayed the poon. Look at him. <laughs> that jawline. I know. <laughs> he's a he's a very distinctive looking man. Uh-huh. I'll say that much. Yeah. You, he's, yeah let me he's a let very me just say taste. you would definitely see like sigma male edits of him in like Shelby's uh, Shelby's <laughs> Shelby Thomas is that his name from uh, Cillian Murphy? Oh. Oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and like Patrick Bateman in them. Oh, dude, I, I don't know why this character is not more utilized in those. You just hear like... Yeah, yeah. He's a specific... And then it's like an Andrew Tate quote over it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I would rather drag my dick through the desert than beg for a drop of pussy. <laughs> and you're like, sir, they don't come in drops. <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. (laughs) Can Um, I just get a smidge, ma'am? Just a crumb of pussy? (laughs) Please, ma'am, may I have some more? Uh, Continue. continue. Yeah, I was going to say, your 40 seconds are more than up. (laughs) Listen, I said I I was done a minute and a half in. done with the chest. I was a minute and a half. Go back and roll the tape. 211, 213. All right, fair enough. Check the clock, ref. Fair enough, fair enough. So he he puts the gun into himself and suddenly the hallucination ends and he realizes his hand is empty and it's kind of... Yeah, just to bring back the Matrix also, mm -hmm. that one scene in the beginning. It's this like fuge state where like Avanda was like, why would he do that? And I was like, I think he was just tripping so hard the rules of reality didn't matter anymore and he was just fascinated. He was just like, why is the exactly why is there where, a yeah, hole in me? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. kind of how like when you're on a hallucinogen, part of you must forget because it's if you don't, then you could just go, well, I'm on a hallucinogen. Obviously, that's why I'm seeing these things. Mm-hmm. You know, like at mm-hmm. some point you like dissociate a little bit, and that's when you're really giving over to the that. <laughs> that's when you're living. <laughs> <laughs> we also. We also hear later these whispers of things being told for him to do in his head. And I feel like that's also happening throughout this movie, but they can't really give that to you until this reveal that hasn't happened yet. So I feel like that could have, I think, play a part in it. Like he's kind of getting these whispers that he's not hearing, but is subconsciously playing in the back of his head of like things to do, steps to take. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think that works like... uh, on the like metal level. Um, mm-hmm. And so he immediately just starts like tearing 
his living room apart trying to find this gun. He's like that, you know, that couldn't have been real. It has to be somewhere here. Like, <laughs> Me when I lose my vape pen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I and I feel like this was like a, a accidental and also like a brilliant acting choice. As he's throwing things around, he's just like knocking over like full glasses of liquid and shit cuz cuz that's like by choice. They want this to be really really hectic, you know. <clears throat> and one glass yeah happens to survive and you know ostensibly it has like whiskey in it or something and as he's throwing everything around he stops and he just like is at a loss and he's just like well better slug what's left in here yeah it's like julian from trailer <laughs> yeah, park yeah. boys it's the one thing he doesn't spill absolutely yeah but but I, it, it it didn't seem like they expected they were just like so just throw shit everywhere knock over whatever it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and then he was just mm-hmm. like Oh well, this survived, so I'll just do this now. And I just felt like it was like a brilliant acting <laughs> choice. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And then he gets a phone call that uh, Barry Convex of Spectacular Optical has sent a car for him, and so he goes down and gets a- crazy ass name, dude. <laughs> yeah, absolutely insane names. Real, real fucking. <laughs> Real future uh, droogie woogie. That's stuff. some Blade Runner shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the driver tells him, or like a recording tells him, that Mr. Convex has recorded an introduction for him. And he comes on and he talks about, hey, thanks for meeting with us. You know, we're spectacular, optical. We're, you know, such a nice company. We... So funny. He says they make they make glasses for kids, right? And then they also make, the, like, guidance missile the, systems. He said, he said we, guidance we, systems. we make uh, glasses for third world countries and right, missile yeah. guidance for NATO. And then I wrote down, <laughs> I wrote down, they need to see the bombs when we dropping them on their ass. Oh my lord, <laughs> Jesus fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, like Amazing. that was the most like like capitalistic thing ever. I mean, you have like the mason <laughs> jar incredible. company. You have companies like Mason that make mason jars, and they also make like also military make equipment and bullets and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah for and sure. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. At least they see when it's happening, so they have a chance to run away you know oh my god (laughs) yeah which again yeah just speaking to that capitalism and consumption and he says we're also the people who make uh videodrome it can be a giant hallucination Mm -hmm. machine and much more it's not ready those were test transmissions you picked up and it brings him to the office of spectacular optical he goes inside and begins having an actual... It's just a regular-ass glasses store. Yeah. Like, regular-ass glasses storefront. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they go into the back room, him and Barry. And Barry shows him this weird-ass, like... It looks like the, the Turtle Beach headsets from Dave & Buster's. <laughs> That's so fucking like, funny. Like, 20 years ahead of time. <laughs> and he... He, he talks him into putting oh, this good. machine on his head to record his hallucinations. He says everyone else who has viewed mm-hmm. the tests needs in, like intense psychiatric care. You are doing, yeah. you know, you still seem to be functioning normally. I need to know why. And so Max, it's yeah. like there's this sort of level of like, oh, I'm I'm partnering with the Videodrome people now. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, yeah, he says that they need to like uh like study him yeah and so he puts the helmet on and he analyzed the 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 images that's exactly right. 
and he puts the helmet on and Barry leaves. And I thought this was great. As he's leaving, Barry's like, you don't mind if I go, do you? Like, I can't handle all of this. Oh, yeah. I can't handle all of this. He, the freaky, this freaky stuff. stuff. He yeah. also... Yeah. <laughs> he also says right before that, uh, quote, uh, you don't have to hurt anybody. You just have to think it. And that kind of yeah, made me yeah. think from the rest of the movie here on out, what we see towards the end of the movie, it really fucks with you and it adds that extra layer of like, I want to think this is happening because fuck these people, but also like, are they just yeah. one step ahead of this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. is this all part of the plan right here? Yeah, true. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and yeah, it looks like a VR helmet, like a fucking mm-hmm. crazy VR. Yeah, helmet. and this is one of the the crazier hallucinations. So, Nikki mm-hmm. walks into the room, and I love too how it blends from like this ugly 80s imagination of what vr tech would be to like the actual <laughs> yeah yeah to the to the real life like, yeah image yeah of exactly it, it it uh transitions really well and she pulls down mm-hmm. a whip and gives it to him and says let's perform and he sees her mm-hmm. all of a sudden on a tv set in front of him and it's that same breathing pulsating tv set and they're on the Videodrome yeah. stage, and he just starts whipping her, and she's you know, clearly getting off, even though she's an image on a TV screen. Yeah, yeah, he's whipping the TV. Yeah, you know? that, that's, that, that shot right there I liked a lot, and it's really interesting, too, because the original plan for that was to have a foot of water in the room, uh, and it was... That, that's what Cronenberg had written in. He wanted it to be like that whole room submerged in water. But when shooting it, um, that that was before they had like really secure, like I guess I believe he said grounding cables um, or something along those mm-hmm. lines. Oh, okay. So James Wood, James Woods went up to the 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 special effects guys and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna be in the water whipping this electrical machine while it's actively playing. Am I gonna, you know, is is are you sure about this?" And they're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, you know, we're kind of we're pretty confident." And he's like, "Yeah, pretty confident's not that confident when it's my life." Yeah, yeah. And then the guy's Absolutely. like, "Yeah, you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure about it." And he's like. You have kids? And then the guy's like, yeah, I have a four-year-old daughter. He's like, would you let your four-year-old daughter do it? And he's like, no. And he's like, so James Woods isn't doing it. <laughs> and that's the only <laughs> reason they took the water out. He's like, no, fuck you guys. <laughs> Interesting. That's hella funny. That's a decent line to draw in the <laughs> yeah. sand, honestly. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, I would. Yeah, hell yeah, I would too. So as he's whipping the TV, it transitions. Like the shot moves back and we see the screen again. And we see that it's Masha on the TV, not Nikki anymore. Oh yeah, it changes. That's right. Yeah, it changes from Masha uh, from Nikki to Masha. Yeah. And then we kind of seamlessly cut over to him laying in bed, presumably at the end of this series of hallucinations. They they took him home and dumped him there, and he rolls over and there's another mass in the bed under the blanket. And he realizes immediately that that's not right and pulls the blanket yeah. back to reveal Masha with her dress torn and her back she's bound and gagged. Yeah, her back ripped up. She's bound and gagged and she is dead. He panics and he calls Harlan and demands that he come over. Harlan shows up with a camera and a flashbulb and he's like, you know, I don't know what you're doing, what you want me to come over with my gear for. He tells him, go in my in my room take a picture of what's in my bed. Harlan goes in and says, do you want me to take a picture of like your sheets and pillows? There's, there's nothing in here. Mm-hmm. 
he accuses Max of being on drugs and tells him he could he could get him help. Gaslighting 101. Oh, for sure. And and Max he tells him, you know, you got me running around like some fucking asshole. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And Max is like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. It's just momentum. There's been a lot going on. Meet me in the lab in one hour. I, I will explain everything to you. I promise. You know, we're doing important work, essentially. And he come. Uh, he also. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. My bad. I was just going to say before we see the next scene, which is a big reveal. I like the fact that they take the time for um our main character max to say yeah you know with pirates it's never just for the money right and then like we have uh the pirate character kind of like smirk at him in this smug ass way so Mm -hmm. it kind of just adds an extra layer to the next scene Mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure absolutely and he he tells him uh go to the lab and pull last night's videodrome and when he comes in he says you know, where's the tape? Did you see me on Videodrome? And Harlan's like, there there was no transmission last night. Yeah, I had to call him back up. And he tells him, not ever. And this this is yeah, yeah, it's yeah. interesting because this makes you as a viewer question everything. You're like, what? Excuse me? Like it it mm-hmm. you are just as confused as him. Yeah, this reveal happens super fucking quick, and it happens so, like, seamlessly also at the same time, where it's not, like, it's jarring, but it also doesn't seem out of place. Yeah. And he brings in Barry Convex, this evil Joe Lotrulio-looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of who he reminded me of. It's fucking Charles from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally does. <laughs> Jingle jangle. That's so funny. <laughs> have, have you guys seen uh, role models? Yeah, not in a yeah, long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, not a long time. But yeah, I love that. Jello movie. Trulio is one of the like main LARPer guys. In yeah, that he's movie. one of the guys. Yeah. <laughs> he, at one point, he literally. I don't know why. I can't remember the context. But at one point, he just goes jingle jangle. <laughs> <laughs> Is this is this the same guy that hits uh, Jonah Hill in Superbad? Is that the guy I'm thinking of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah, I thought. Yeah. yeah. That's funny as fuck. I, I love him. He's he's so funny on Brooklyn Nine Nine. The only propaganda I'll watch. <laughs> True. And and uh, and I love this as he walks in as Convex walks in. Uh, Max says an intriguing combination. Very interesting. Which is such a badass way to be like you motherfuckers been scheming on me. and then uh you know here comes the reveal that that harlan was never watching the tapes he nothing was ever transmitted or broadcast these were just tapes Mm -hmm. that were being given to him to show to max and it's revealed Mm -hmm. that barry sent harlan here two years ago to set this plan into motion and they explain that two wonderful years yeah which which it seems like he really means it that like he actually really enjoyed working for yeah. him but yep mm-hmm. you know it's not really he wasn't just a job it's just business <laughs> yep exactly and convex tells him that they want channel 83 for the first transmission of videodrome because of its sleazy content and audience and you know by showing this to them 
it'll create this tumor in all of their brains and kill them. Yeah, because I don't know. I don't know if we've explained it at this point, but like they said that the hallucinations are sort of like triggered by the act of watching violence mm-hmm. or like imagining. Yeah, it, the like violence. Said, like, violence opens up the spinal cord and the, yeah, uh, the nervous yeah, system, like the sphere yeah, response. It, 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 yeah, exactly. It sort of uh, it opens you up to being um, uh, just susceptible. Yes, susceptible to it. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. Thank you. That, yeah, that was, that's, that's sort of the way, like, so that's the, the reasoning for all of the horrific torture and shit that we've been seeing on the screen at this point, because it is supposed to be, you know, triggering these things. Yeah. And Harlan gives this, like, manosphere bullshit explanation about how, like, <laughs> men in North America. Oh, God. I wrote... What's that? No, sorry. I just I wrote down something along the same exact line, so I'm really happy you said that. <laughs> he he's like he's like you know it's the pussification of men, and we're we're too soft. The rest of the world is getting hard. This is gonna tra- yeah for sure. This is gonna transform society and make us strong the way we need yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I love this movie because I was saying before we were recording, this movie is like the horror equivalent to like 500 Days of Summer in like Do the Right Thing where you watch it when you're 15 and you're like, that's a cool movie because it looks cool and it's cool. And then you watch it in college and you're like, wow, that's so deep and prophetic, but I have no life experience, so it's really shallow. And then you watch it as like you get older through life and it just builds so many layers. And it's funny how Cronenberg, again, he didn't necessarily have like a political leaning or like much of a through line on where he stood in this debate that he's questioning. But it is funny how he did say, I skipped through the last half of the commentary with him. And during the credits, he does say that he found it very ironic in in a humorous way, but also a concerning way how he didn't intend for the themes of this movie, both these people that aren't supposed to be likable, but also what is posed for you to think about to be very conservative views modern day and how we Mm. see a lot of these things being said in this movie. And it is the most like, the most like alt-right, like uh, pipeline jargon of like, we're getting soft in this lady boy type of country (laughs) here with the they thems and the goddamn God bless America, brother. (laughs) Well, yeah. We don't paint no nails. Because, Again, the the water is turning our frogs. My gay. nails look like this, so hers can look like this. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it is that just simple ass philosophy <laughs> with no understanding behind it, like catch catchphrase philosophy. They're turning us off. We got to be stronger. It, this is rotting yeah, us yeah, from the sure. inside. They, yeah. they they basically yeah. say like we're gonna use this to kill <laughs> off anyone who would be into watching it because if all of them were dead, we'll be stronger as a society. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so yeah. yeah that is the message. I yeah, guess it's genocidal. The, yeah, and it's yeah, so that's interesting. So literally, so literally, and again, it's a very right wing Republican kind of mindset of like I would rather kill these people than let my kids live in a world where this TV exists. exists. I saw someone on Reddit recently. There was a a video of a guy walking around naked in, in like a downtown and someone was like you know that guy's not getting anywhere near my daughter. If I saw him I'd like violently assault him and and I'm just like (laughs) 
I was like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, it's much more likely that it's like your brother or your cousin that does it than this we this random guy, you know, even yeah, if he's yeah, walking yeah. around Literally. naked somewhere like yeah. his penis existing doesn't mean that your daughter is in danger. Like, 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 just yeah, just yeah, so yeah. you know, you know, and it's like and yeah. it's like. I bet that was met really well. <laughs> it, it was hilarious. He kept being like, why would you bring that up? My my brothers and uncles. Of course. My uncles are like brothers to me. And I'm like, well, you got a fucked up family tree, my friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, case in point. But no, just this, just this idea of like, this is so bad for people and I'm so opposed to it that I would kill people to keep this type of content from being on the air i would create mm-hmm. content That's so bad that it kills people to keep yeah, yeah. you know what i mean this yeah. this hypocrisy yeah. going to extremes yeah. and, and just a few years later it really predicted the real life uh things i mean in the in the current time with you know the reagan the reagan era with everything going on politically in the 80s but also like Specifically, media in the 90s, we had, you know, of course, like we mentioned, the Columbine uh, massacre with Marilyn Manson and this yeah. media that's being demonized. Like, oh, if you like Marilyn Manson, you should go fuck yourself. Uh, mm. you, you, you're you not a human being. And then we had the whole, like, um, the explicit uh, rating system being uh, dis- uh, created because of, um, I completely lost my train of thought, I'm sorry. Because of, like, people like Eminem and uh, I think it's, like, oh, yeah. two live crew, yeah. two live crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and stuff like yeah, that, for yeah. Sure, yeah, for they were sure. the ones that like kickstarted that. So it's interesting <laughs> how these people were like, instead of just finding ways to coexist and live together, it's just like, nah, fuck them, fuck them. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and, I, and it's funny because I'm like the, the movie. I don't know if the movie was like too smart for me you know, upon the first couple of viewings or whatever, but I just did not get that. I did not understand. Well, that I mean, at yeah, all. I've seen like, this like ten times, and I'm just now gathering like ninety yeah, percent of this. But so I, I love, I love that. That makes yeah. total sense. The way you guys just like broke that down for me. So, um, he's he's asking, you know, what do you want from me? And Convex says, I want you to open up and pulls out a VHS tape, another pulsating VHS. Here comes the plane. Be a good girl, princess. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. And he, Max just backs up against the wall. He just backs up against the wall in horror. No, it's okay. (laughs) And, and, Uh, and. Motherfucking. This kind of like this kind of like defeats your point on like how the foreplay thing wasn't existing back then for James Woods. <laughs> this is the most foreplay shit I've ever seen. Come here and eat your num nums. Have your have your have your tape. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yes, he backs. In, <laughs> he I'm, backs into a wall. I've, he, I've heard of pet play, not fucking media player play. <laughs> Media play, MP3s. We got the media players. Exactly. Nostradamus. It's like Nostradamus. the meme where it's like the meme where you take the red circle and it's just like a parrot yep. wearing like Jordans. Ace. Ace. It's just like anything is a conspiracy. So I told so I told that girl I want to put a GameCube disc in her. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Why don't you Animal Cross disc dick girl? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's so fucking funny. You want to be a resident of this evil mom lady? 
my my beautiful princess. Okay, he's backing into a wall. He's cornered. He's shaking. He's cornered. He's, he's shaking. Scared. His his uh, ch- his chest to CR is is now his his britches are shook. <laughs> yes, he's exposed, and Convex puts the tape into him and orders him kill your partners and give oh. me channel eighty three, and Max then reaches his hand inside of himself and pulls his gun out and he sort of like gets the glizzy that's bro. right <laughs> he, he uh the glizzock the glizzock <laughs> he like collapses in the hallway and there's just this weird freaky fucking like man in machine fusion where he just sees like yeah it's like bolts coming out the of gun his fingers starts, yeah it starts like bolting to yeah it's his like hand. guns akimbo fucking... yeah like daniel radcliffe guns akimbo yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah. dude well it reminded me of like tetsuo also. that yeah. too yeah for sure absolutely and so his his this gun scene too Oh, sorry. I was just going to say the acting in this scene is kind of what I was talking about earlier in the episode with that like stilted acting of like he he expresses no pain and no like screaming. He yeah, just has this yeah, like sure. he has this like uh, weird like stank like face puzzled. going on and he's just like yeah. Yeah, it's like when you're coming up on a illicit substance and you're very lost in the sauce. Mhm. Allegedly. Allegedly speaking. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, Hypothetically. Satire. This is all satire. So he, so he walks into his office of Civic TV, and he goes into the, the, the boardroom and kills both of his partners. And yeah, Bride, fucks them up, Bridie dude. runs in wondering you know, what that sound was, what's happening. And he starts screaming, they killed us, they killed us. And she's just she's yeah. just like what the fuck and gets him out of the room. Yeah, he like well I I believe well obviously I think he's just trying to frame it as someone else came. Well in yeah and shot exactly exactly so they're just all confused yeah. and he's like hiding his hand. Yeah, and they keep asking mm-hmm. to look at it and he's like I'm fine I'm fine just they killed us and he he gets out of the building and then just books it away, mm-hmm. and then he goes to the mission to kill Bianca. And she's ready for him. So as he comes in, she like she like knows that this is gonna happen, and she ends up making a remark about like she's like, so I was right. It is you after all. Yeah, exactly. Like, like no, she she yeah it. yeah. Mm-hmm. And as he's like chasing her, he goes into one of the cubicles or like stumbles across the TV, and she has it set to show the episode of Videodrome that the real Nikki died on. And she says that the, the, her image was used to seduce and control you. So there so obviously is. Nikki was a real person, but I don't think they really mm-hmm. had a relationship. And Yeah, yeah, the relationship, yeah. And she was just outright kidnapped yeah. to be on the show. I don't think anyone's like auditiony to be on the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I didn't want to mention it earlier, so I tried to like dance around it when we were talking about like how we think, what we think she is. But like, yeah, she definitely, like they say, died before the show. And I think it was like more of a, you know, memes aside, Joker moment where 
Videodrome just kind of used her as a way to seduce him and just used like his basic like carnal instincts of being like, yeah. ooh, lady. And he's like floating behind her like there's a pie. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't just, think he, just to kind of like go to men. had sex. I think all of that was no. just it. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Unless not. it's magically like Demolition Man and they're just having like virtual eye sex. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Three shells. In the VR helmets. <laughs> How does that even work? Let's not go into it. <laughs> <laughs> um no but yeah totally it it just it just seems like they either they only met on that talk show or they never really met and it was just an image they fed to him to yeah yeah they yeah, just yeah, chose yeah. her for yeah. whatever reason so it's it's one of those two things but i don't think anything the talk show could be real everything else i don't think so mm-hmm. yeah for sure i yeah and even yeah, I, I think that might have been the only real moment, but for sure, after all that, that definitely like cements the fact that we were correct that she is. Yeah, she's the Cortana. yeah. Like like he met her and was <laughs> infatuated with her, so they grabbed her and they because they had plans for him going back over two years, so they grabbed her and they were mm-hmm. like, okay, he, you're gonna be the best, the best one. So we're gonna fucking torture and kill. <laughs> you're the face of the brand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're gonna use you to to get him in. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and so he's as he's watching the the tape, uh, we see at some point that his gun and his hand are like fused together in this weird fused, fleshy yeah. fucking trauma TV toxic yeah, adventure kind yeah, of to- thing. Totally. It does look like a toxic arm, yeah. <laughs> and, and and as he's watching the video of, of her being tortured to death. Uh, Bianca tells him like don't look away like you need to see this you know they've been mm-hmm. they've been toying with you all these things and then the screen stretches out and at first it's just like the the static of the screen shit is crazy and then it becomes super fleshy and it just like shoots him multiple times in the chest it reminds me of the uh well like obviously everyone remembers from friday or nightmare on elm street with the uh freddy cougar coming out of the wall yeah. The wall, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that wall it definitely looks like that but just a hand with a gun through a tv another quick 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 thing i need to throw out there about this goddamn tv that tv so there's what five panels to that tv four around and one on top so making that tv Dude, they had to like painstakingly like do each vein on each panel and they'd have to do like (laughs) one panel at a time. And it would take about like three to four hours, I believe, to do a panel. So because of the color grading, it would all have to be perfect because of the way the shots are and the lighting is. And with Rick Baker, he was a perfectionist. So they had to make that TV like I think four or five times in total. So five times five. So like 25 times four. That's how many. It took it took took hundreds of hours to like make this TV perfect. Just again for these small shots. It's insane. insane. The amount of work that goes into what you would think of as minutia sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. Absolutely fucking insane. I'm glad you you watched all those uh, commentaries. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was not yeah, for yeah. nothing. Yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 it was funny too because it was being told by uh, 
he, he's big in the effects industry now, but at the time, this was one of his first roles working under Rick. He was like 19. And he was like, yeah, I've had jobs before, but they were just jobs and you have a boss and you get the job done. But he was like, this is the first time I met somebody that was like truly, well, not even collaborative, but like truly passionate. And he's like stern mm -hmm. and just a true perfectionist. And yeah. where most people is like, oh, it's one vein. It's not going to be shots the back of the TV. Rick's like, no, do it again. And he's like, Rick, we've done four panels. It's taken 12 hours. We've already mm -hmm. lost two days making three TVs. He's like, I don't fucking care. Throw it away. Do it again. We're doing it again. We're <laughs> doing I it again. Yeah. And it, it was just, I respect <laughs> the guy so much for just being like, doesn't matter. We're doing it again. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's why the thing holds up. That's why this holds up. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Rick like it all paid off. I, Baker. I just saw something yep. the other day. I wish I could remember what it was, but it was like chefs and they were just like, so once you know the food is bad, like once you know you've messed something up, why are you going to keep cooking? Throw it away and like start over. Which like if yeah. your if your home cooking is mm -hmm. obviously ridiculous, but if you're like a chef and you're supposed to put out like top quality food, as yeah. soon as you know yeah. you've messed up, what is the point of like continue like yep. oh fuck I overcooked this one ingredient? Well, I'm gonna keep going. Like mm -hmm. no, you start over. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, so I I think Rick and this chef would agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. Um, so Bianca then inserts her own tape into his Chester's ER at, <laughs> with with the the flesh TV shooting being you know hallucinatory but significant enough to mm -hmm. allow her her to reprogram him, and she tells him, "Yeah, you are the video word made flesh. Death to video drone. Long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh." <laughs> yup. And so, uh, Harlan, or sorry, Max goes down to the spectacular. Uh, optical offices walks in the the guy on the floor like kind of tries to check him and he's like well i'm just looking around and he's like not much to see ha 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 then goes to talk to someone else <laughs> max walks in the back room like he owns the place and harlan's there and you could see he's like a little uneasy <laughs> at first and then he he decides like okay he must be on the level like we're programming and controlling him and he's like, okay, well, it's time for you to pay a visit to someone else now. And Max is like, yep, you know, just like I just did to Bianca. Like, they're all dead, just like you told me to. Real quick, right before that, like a line before that, they're like kind of like shooting the shit. And he's like playing stupid. Um, and he's he's taping up this box. And I mean, oh, it's yeah. just a stupid throwaway line. But it's like, what's in the box? And then he's like, your head. ha. <laughs> And I'm just like, what's in the box? What's in the yeah, box? Yeah, I was like, that was a weird future callback. Yeah. 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 To yeah, a movie sure. that didn't exist yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, that was. Maybe that's where they got it from, though. Maybe. Um, And then Harlan says, you know, open up to me. And he, Max, undoes his, his buttons on his shirt in contrast to the time before, it was like... Here comes the airplane. It was like magical before. Like, the, the shirt just ripped open, and there was just like a yeah. fan blowing yeah, on yeah, his yeah. face and shit. Now, now yeah. he just coolly and calmly unbuttons his shirt. Mm -hmm. And when Harlan puts his hand in, it gets stuck all of a sudden, and he gets scared. Mm -hmm. And then he starts to scream, and when he pulls it out, it's like this weird... 
bloody stump and you're so it's it's supposed to be a bomb and i yeah. didn't catch that until listening back yeah same yeah because i was like how the fuck did he yeah explode? same <laughs> exactly every time like, i'm just like why I, I just thought it was funny and i'm like oh that's funny it's, but no i guess i yeah it, okay, it, it, it seems like the only sort of explanation i could come up with is like he put his hand in there and then he like crushed and ripped like the flesh off of his wrist somehow because i guess there's some machinery inside of him now as he's like becoming this this new organism um and then i think the tape the the breathing tape this is like the most grotesque fleshy tape as well um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think he just like crushed it around his hand and somehow that just magically turned it into a bomb. There's like there's a lot of like just fucking yeah. magic okay. in this movie, yeah. honestly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because yeah. I was like, how the it, fuck did it, that it, happen? It, it kind of has like teeth logic, like the movie Teeth, where like, mm-hmm. like seeing Bianca and having that conversation kind of like sparked that confidence in like who he is now and like ripped that, that, that uh, like bandage off of his eyes so he could see the extent of what he is. So now going back into this, like you said, it's not as mystified and he's very like cool, calm and collective because he can just assimilate whatever need be. And he has like somewhat full control over this being, whether he knows what it is or not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's like 50 minutes into the movie Venom. (laughs) (laughs) When, when they become, we, Exactly. <laughs> um, so then Max goes to a trade show that Spectacular Optical is at, and they are in like a big conference room and showing off the Medici line. And they have these two quotes on the wall, and one is like, uh, yeah. Love comes in through the eye. And what mm-hmm. is the other one? The eye is the window of the soul. There, there you go. Yep. Um, yep. So, you know, again, very much centered around, like, the theming of the movie. And uh, mm-hmm. this motherfucker gets Dimebag Daryl hard. Oh, that's fucked. <laughs> Max just walks right on the stage and says, fuck damage control, and shoots him in the head. That's so fucked up. Uh, (laughs) you know okay fun facts fucking real quick tangent he died on my birthday a lot of fucking musicians like either died or got killed on my birthday specifically december 8th that shit fucking that was wild sideshow said it's my birthday and you'll die if i want you to that literally (laughs) pretty much (laughs) god were you were you alive were you alive when he passed so good what year I was that? I don't think so. I think I have no idea. Yeah, I know. It was That'd be like, wild if it was ninety four. Oh, like it was. It was right. Yeah, right. Bro, it was two thousand four. So like, that was like your no oh, way. Really? Okay, really? So, yeah, that was like your thirteenth oh, so birthday gift. Uh, you no, you I would have been like ten. I would have been like ten. Yeah, I would have been like ten or eleven. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, you had to make room for me. I'm, I'm, I'm glad Austin heard what I said and laughed at it. <laughs> I said that I said that was your present. <laughs> it's fucked up. It is. It is. But yeah, he just gets take, taken out on stage in front of everybody. 
And then, mm-hmm. and then he just erupts into like just tumors and masses start like splitting his skull and his his chest cavity. Yeah, open. that shit is crazy as fuck. It, it's like so. Oh, sorry. You can go ahead. It, it's like all this inhuman element has just been held back. Like you wonder. Yeah, yeah. You wonder. Sure. Like obviously Harlan's not watching Videodrome, but the guy who's in control of it isn't seeing it at all. And I feel like this tells you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's way more like drenched in the signal than anyone else is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's also. Uh, I heard a I heard a cool thing uh, James mentioned in the commentary where he talks about the feedback of the microphone when he's squirming and he's like uh, he's going like yeah and it's yeah feed- that shit is intense the, dude. the feedback in the microphone is really interesting because it's 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 I don't know the way he worded it exactly but he kind of points out how it's the first time that uh, like that media that videodrome is like resonating him back so it's kind of like the ultimate comeuppance it's like this karmic it's almost like a mocking tone that the feedback is giving him i wondered what that was about yeah i was like why are we like like holding on that this also loops into the whole like hell yeah brother like american (laughs) that very alt-right conspiracy pipeline because of course it's like the bureaucrat (laughs) politician you run up and shoot him Travis Bickle yeah. style, and then he ends for up being sure, like a reptilian sure. overlord yeah. that's trying yeah, to purify sure. the American people <laughs> through the uh, redacted media outlet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so on it's the so nose, good. and yeah, it's aged yeah. so poorly, but so well at the same time. I love so, this. So this, this is, is something. So this is something I kind of thought about, like when all those tendrils come out of the gun and connect it to its, the rest of his arm... Um, like it connects yeah. like the the slide, like the body. Oh shit! You know what? Mm-hmm. Too before mm-hmm. um, before when Bridey comes in, he accidentally drops the clip out of the gun. So they go out of their way to show us a point yeah. where the gun yep. has no bullets in it. Um, uh-huh. But I'm seeing. I, I just was curious, so I just googled something, and apparently in a. Uh, uh, history of horror documentary they talk about cronenberg and body horror in general and uh they say that it's supposed to be a cancer gun so he's literally shooting okay. like like wow. flesh and the tumor from inside himself what so the it, fuck? and that is again that whole conspiracy thing like i hate that i know as much as i know about conspiracies <laughs> but they're so fascinating it's like cults yeah, i yeah. love learning about them to know the fact that people truly believe this and the whole cancer mm-hmm. gun thing with the cia and everything like it's all so oh, yeah that's yeah, right that yeah. wasn't the real thing that's yeah, right yeah they they won't just assassinate you but they'll cancer gun you so that you that's die naturally right. i totally forgot about yeah. that being it's like the whole ice bullet thing theory. and yeah, they have they have right. the one that gives you a heart attack with the sonic waves yeah yeah sonic waves yeah, yeah. well they, it's all built off of the brown note mm-hmm. then being able to like play that frequency that makes you shit yourself you shit your pants so hard you get cancer <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. I mean, it's not, uh, but it is. <laughs> you shit your pants so hard, you're going to cardiac arrest. If, if that was a thing, I'd be dead. <laughs> 
I on Reddit on Reddit recently someone calling me a dead man. On Reddit recently someone was uh an anti work talking about like, you know, they always bother me. I don't know what to fucking tell them. Like I just I need the day off because I don't feel well. Like, you know, what would you say to your boss? And I was like just tell them you shit your pants. No one wants to fucking like deal with that. Like if, you, if they're like, "Come on, man." There's nothing stopping if they're, you. If they're like, "Come on, man. Come come into work. Why can't you come into work?" If you just go like, "Dude, I got a level with you. I shit my fucking pants." You know, they're just going to be like, I-, "I hope your day gets better." <laughs> and and this guy was uh, this guy Christ. responded to me and was like, "Really? You're a grown man and you can't you can't like get to the bathroom?" And I was like, I was like, no, the shitting in my pants is fictional. It's how you get your boss off your that back. Is, that is that is the most Reddit response I've ever heard someone well, respond to something well, on Reddit. Well, then, well, then yeah, the guy exactly. went on to be like, well, everyone at your office is going to know you as the grown man who, who can't use the bathroom correctly. And I'm like, I'm like... I don't give a fuck what my coworkers think. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know, that, that's what you don't know about me, friend. Yeah. Well, I hope I you. That. I hope you got at least one up, dude, on that one. Hopefully, I did. Yeah. Hopefully, exactly. at least one brave soul will tell their boss. I got so, Dookie running some, down the some, back of my legs. I'm not coming in. So, <laughs> uh, you good sir have won the internet today. <laughs> and so so let's the narwhal certainly bacons at midnight but we carry on. Oh, That's hilarious. <laughs> Fucking uh, I'm realizing how much I talk about and use Reddit. It's not good. Um, so the the final scene of the movie after he's defeated, you know, the who we know to be the faces behind Videodrome, he takes refuge on what appears to be like a derelict boat, and Nikki appears to him on another television oh, yeah. that just sort of appears, so probably not a real TV to begin with. And he mm-hmm. sits on this... His hallucinations. Mm-hmm. He's sitting on this boat on a filthy mattress, just surrounded by trash and bottles and filth, and... Nikki tells him that he's weak in Videodrome, but in order to completely defeat it, he has to leave the old flesh and truly become the new flesh. That his body has started mm-hmm. to change, but there's so much more. And there's sort of this, like, you know, especially with Brian, you start to question, are, like, are these people's ghosts or spirits or souls, are they actually communicating through these televisions and all of these things you know and so she's kind of like join us as a force ghost is what she's saying yeah it gave me like a collective consciousness type of vibe like they can all kind of communicate through the people that are hallucinating through videodrome in a sense and yeah kind of like in this chappy-esque consciousness like being put into a robot but being put into like The satellite zeitgeist of like 5G fuzz. (laughs) 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 This that wasn't even trying to be funny. I'm glad it landed. This 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 movie is what Republicans thought the COVID vaccine was going to (laughs) cause. That's exactly. This is this is they. This is like what you show like QAnon if you want to like show them they live but them not hate it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, like yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, political sure. compass memes. It's like they live as yeah. like blue, and like uh, mm-hmm. Videodrome is the same thing, but this red. Is, yeah, red. That's yeah. hella funny. <laughs> um, and so he sees on the television an image of him, and we should say too, like his gun hand. At first, it's like robotic and metallic, but then after Bianca, it becomes this like fleshy thing. So. I think that's when yeah. it truly becomes it's this weird and like lubed up this like <laughs> cancer gun or you know whatever it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So he sees on the television himself raise his his gun hand up, put it to his head, and pull the trigger. And as he does, the TV mm-hmm. explodes and all these like intestines and blood and guts and entrails all just come flying out yeah. of the TV. <laughs> and then. And I think this this was mad interesting because part of me was like, why do this? And then afterwards, I was like, no, that was brilliant because he just straight up tries it at home. You know, they always say, yeah. don't try this at home. He just straight mm, yeah. up interesting <laughs> stands up, puts the gun to his head and says, long live the new flesh, pulls the trigger. Yep. And we cut to black. And, and he's also uh, I don't know if we brought it. I'm sure we brought it up earlier that that boathouse that he's been staying in uh that that's mm-hmm. where he is when he, when this is happening and you brought up earlier how you were uncertain if you know what's real is real in this relationship with this woman and a lot of it like we said after that interview is up to debate but i feel like 90 percent of this movie had taken place there like he had just kind of lost it with videodrome was spiraling and then like started staying in the shack and like there were empty yeah, cigarette yeah. cartons and this mattress mm-hmm. and he's just rocking there back and forth rubbing his uh fake vajussie you know <laughs> <laughs> and that's why his arms all lubed up ready to go yeah and uh yeah no yeah I, I love i love the ending i love how it's up for debate but at the same time like you said it is very like don't try this at home um I love how you put that. That's actually a fucking great yeah, way. Yeah, I never thought of it was, that way. I was proud of that's that. That's a great. I was way pretty way proud of that. that. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking fantastic. Because, because yeah, I now that, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. I just took it as like, I don't want to say the most face value sense, but just you know, he's so lost in the sauce. He's so swirled up in all these hallucinations, not knowing what's right and wrong, and. I like yeah. to think that Bianca and and Brian, uh, the Oblivions, have like the best intention, and I feel like there is this this astral plane that is next for him when he does this. But at the same time, it also feels like, uh, ironically, yesterday I just listened to a two hour podcast on Heaven's Gate and the whole thing where uh, the yeah, whole thing totally. where they have the totally. five they have the five dollars in their pocket and they have to like yep. catch the ship when it's flying by, mm-hmm. and it feels very. Yep. Speaking of conspiracies, yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's just another hallucination, and he's just hit his breaking point, and he's having that psychosis that all of the previous people have had. And then, That's boom, bam, bop, the glockenspiel goes off, and yeah. <laughs> we yeah. roll the credits. <laughs> You're a fool for that. Yeah, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I, but I, I I actually do, I, I do agree. I kind of took it at face value, too, as a, a, at the sense of, like, the delusions and everything just got the best of him mm-hmm. yeah you know like that's kind of what i took it as and like but i don't know yeah the way you put that is so interesting too that he tried it at home that's a fucking great way of i think that's that. i really i kind of like accidentally that. you know that like kind of like we were talking about before with art that accidental genius of like yeah, uh, yeah re- realizing yeah. that now like that's the whole movie the whole movie is like 
Mm-hmm. As long as you say don't try this at home and people don't try it at home, everything is fine. Mm-hmm. It's fiction. It's only when people start emulating yeah, what's on the screen and yeah. not understanding. Also, yeah. for all of this to work so well and for literally, again, like half the script being written when they shoot and then the rest is yes and improv, but for horror mm-hmm. and to get to this conclusion. Yeah, it's f- genius. It bro. adds, it's fucking genius. And it also yeah. adds a lot more depth because the whole time you are questioning, you're asking these like what ifs. And, and I'm just now realizing this too. Mind you, we're talking about conspiracies from crazy people. None of these things are to be believed if you have half of a brain. I'm going to put that out there now. Yeah, yeah. But with his <laughs> character, <laughs> with his character, it also reminds me of the whole thing with like quote unquote, uh, let's let's say crisis performers. I'll I'll write that because you 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 have this guy being sure. whispered into his ear like do it like like some yeah. star wars shit yeah, yeah, yeah. and do like it. we <laughs> yeah, we, sure. we have insidious. real life events you know like like uh the sandy beaches of elementary schools and 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 <laughs> jesus very upsetting things but then well I, i'm saying it like it's not funny i'm just trying to say it so like we're not saying the words outright and like no, I, and you know, I get you. I get i'm trying you. to censor somewhat but like we have that <laughs> in real great. life and it contrasts with like them being like shoot your coworkers, shoot up this place which in the yeah. 80s was yeah, very yeah. uncommon very, uh compared yep. to like the 2000s and onwards so mm-hmm. it it, it kind of like shadowed all of that like this this overlord of people like manipulating the average white working class man the the man just holding it down and and this this overlord is is watching over us and manipulating us through the media to hurt each other and it just yeah there's just so much to extrapolate on yeah and the man is a genius it's extremely Mm -hmm. ahead of its time in so many fucking ways Mm -hmm. so let's let's rate this one up all right, uh, I'm gonna let one of you guys go first. Absolutely. I mean, I can go first. I, dude, this movie fucking blew me away. It, it hit on so many things that I already obviously love in my you know older age now as a, as a 30 year old adult. Like I've I've grown to love aspects of art because of like things exactly like this. You know what I mean? Like it's presenting. Even uh, down to the way that they describe, like when she hands him the whip in the the scene, and she tells him, "Okay, let's like let's it's time to perform." Like I thought that was interesting too, because in a way I've I've described described it before because I've heard it described this way before was like BDSM in itself is sort of like erotic theater, and like mm-hmm. that's sort of what they kind of that's what they brought into this. <clears throat> movie like they kind of brought that notion of like it's just performative and it's like it's you know it's it's like they were saying it's an outlet to get something else uh get something out that you would normally it's be it's seen as taboo in the rest of society you know what i mean like i i thought that was very neat and the way that that subject matter was handled was very interesting because again you didn't really like see that at this time but also it's no surprise coming from Cronenberg himself when he tackles these like crazy fucking heady like uh, these entire like mythos of like uh, also like philosophical debates of like who's right who's wrong are we good for doing this are we inherently bad for doing you know what I mean it's like Mm -hmm. all of these things being explored in all of his movies and also in like crimes of the future that's what made it one of my favorite movies of all time 
it's it's he's celebrating these aspects of things that don't normally get celebrated like in crimes it was celebrating like uh body modification and like putting that on a pedestal where it was like elevating it to high art and in this one it's kind of like smut but let's make it you know like I, high art in a sense I, you know I, what I feel mean? like I feel like it's in a way where like you know not to detract from your point because I agree with you but also like I don't mm-hmm. think he was even I don't think he glorifies anything I don't think he was like really putting mm-hmm. body modification on a pedestal I think it just became a means through which to talk about humanity's transformation as a whole, which he's also talking about here, which he's also talking about in like scanners and That's he's also fair. talking about in the fly. Yeah, like he's yeah, just yeah. obsessed with like yeah. what will be next, what will be after yeah, humanity yeah, yeah. and what role will technology and all these cultural elements, which body modification is sort of like a perfect crossover between technology and culture mm-hmm. where some it's becoming one with a like another material like it's it's a you know like sort of like a machine quote unquote well it's like well think steel. about like yeah. cultural tattoos that used to be chiseled mm-hmm. into you and now you can go mm-hmm. get that tattoo from you know like a guy who's in the same tri- a, guy, a guy who's in the same <laughs> tribe as you but he's he's using a modern tool and so it's not as painful it's not yeah. as time taking and you're getting a better product out of it you know yeah, so we went from like whalebone mm-hmm. oh sorry i was just going to say we went from like whalebone like you have to go kill a whale to get their jaw to sand it down to actually get the yeah, ink yeah. and now we can just 3d print like a tattoo machine yeah. Like, yeah, and and how like technology affects culture and culture affects technology. I feel like that's his true obsession at the bottom of like all of these movies is is that relationship between culture and technology and also just wondering what our next evolution will be. Um so 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 yeah, I agree sure. with you, but I think in both in both movies he's he's kind of saying like, "Hey, I'm not putting anything on a pedestal. I'm just asking what you think of this." Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just think in them also in the way that he's like, it's it's the lens that he's using to kind of show these things. Because like I said, and the the thing that like affected me the most with crimes was seeing the way that he handled body modification in itself, where it was seen as in this world, it was seen as like a, a something to be respected and admired. Yeah, you know I mean, it was seen as an art form in itself. I just, I think that that lens of you having that unique view of something that I hold very dear, dear to my heart, I think that's what made it resonate really heavily. Yeah, because they, because they never you know say I mean? like these people are sick for what they do. They're just like, oh look, th- no, no, they're like yeah. they have the medical technology to know like, yeah, I'm gonna be cutting you open, so let's like you know, mm-hmm. have some shit on hand and be ready to... Yeah. Yeah, and, like, in, in the same vein, like, in this, in, in Videodrome, I liked the way that it was kind of, like, showing these aspects of, like, oh, there's dark art that can be consumed. And it's, like, is there a point to it? Yes. And here is, you know, like, there's... Here is where it can go if, uh, unlike 
unpolite. Un- un- what am I looking for? Like, uh, like I'm I'm searching for the word here. <laughs> unregulated. There yeah. you go. Yeah, if it's unregulated. Like that. That's sort of like the the argument he's making here is like, where will that like where like you said, smut, BDSM, sort of like these darker aspects of like sexuality and and media in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, all that to say. It's a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> uh, it might be one of my new favorite. It might be one of my new favorite we, fucking we movies. Were just, and yeah, it's a six out of six. <laughs> we were we were just having more film conversations. So I'm glad you caught you captured. Yeah, yeah, I, I, sure. I, I didn't want to be a dick for and sure. be like, so anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 for sure. But like, there was a point when I'm like, are we mm-hmm. rating this right now? Sorry, <laughs> right. sorry. No, go no, ahead, it's great. I, I like it. I like it. Now you. <laughs> oh, now me. Now me. Uh, it was a really good movie. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it was chill. It was, it was no, bad. no, it was an ass movie. It had terrible direction. The art and the director of photography needs to be banned and barred from film. Uh, the acting was trash. Everything about it was shit, and it made no sense. Zero out of six. Negative six out of six. No, Negative. but... <laughs> Um, no, this, this movie is phenomenal. I've seen this movie a bunch of times and actually doing the homework on it for once really made me love it. I mean, like I always really cared about, yeah. no, no, I should say I always loved this movie, but doing the homework made me care about this movie. Like I cared mm-hmm. about this movie before mm-hmm. it was like this magical, like, uh, suspension of disbelief in this land of make-believe with, with, mm-hmm. with, uh, political activists tr- trying to fight each other through like this, this high concept world of like media consumption. But now it, yeah. it really is just, it, it's, it's, it's where a normal movie, like I said earlier, directors are very like upfront ABC plot, like to the point, here are the themes of the movie where it feels like someone drawing this portrait of the Mona Lisa, and it's like, this is the Mona Lisa. Cronenberg's yeah. films kind of feel like macaroni art from a kid, and that's to that's that's in his benefit. <laughs> that's in his benefit, where it's like, he's not coming to you being like, this is high art, and he's not coming to you ashamed of it either. He's like, look at this thing I made. Holy mm. shit, this is going on the fridge, and we're going to talk about it for weeks. That's so fucking like, funny. <laughs> He does such a good job of just doing meditations. He's like the Ram Dass of horror. He does these really good like meditations. Can I just can I just can I just step in here and say that while all the other kids were doing snow angels, he was doing snow biblically accurate angels. Yes, he he wasn't doing hand turkeys. He was doing the sussy turkeys. (laughs) The thookies. He was doing the (laughs) thookies. He was bussing down on the thookies. Um, no, but this dude was literally just like Cronenberg continues to be like the Ram (laughs) the Ram Dass of horror. This dude, like he he does these like great meditations (laughs) on like the what ifs and just. Just this Darwin-esque, like, adoration for, like, evolution and just, like, what we can do to become better or worse. And and is it better? Is it worse? Like, he has no answers and he knows you don't either. So we're just here to talk about it. And we we enter this land of make-believe and we come out of it just with a discussion. Uh, Yeah, going in, like, completely neutral. Yeah, I love that he makes less film and more just discussion at the end of it all. And... Um, the last thing is I've loved this movie a lot more today, uh, seeing it in my current form, just 
where you love the the dark art the bdsm kind of like the cultural aspect in that regard mm -hmm. of the evolution i love shitty c-span politics in twitter flame wars more than anything it's my it's my morning tlc it's my exploitation because i, I brush my teeth yeah, to that i shit. get to lie to myself and say i'm learning about the world but in reality it's people arguing about like joe biden sucking on a straw and how that's kind of sus bro and this is on you know fox news so with that, this movie just has been such a revelation for me to see 40 years ago before any of the modern day landscape of the political world has been, you know, kind of yeah. set out. And in this Reagan era of like puritanicalism and this war on, on anything that rages against, you know, the Christian nuclear yeah. family, we get this, uh, this masterpiece. War, this war on the other, really. It's yeah. just the war on yeah. the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we get this masterpiece of just, like, counterculture that has, like, in this weird, ironic way, flipped where the counterculture is now, you know, the, the, the new red state where, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like how a lot of aging punks become super conservative. It, it, it's oh, this yeah. weird yeah. ever yeah. In, in, in the themes of evolving in his love for evolution. It is kind of in yeah. its own right, this, this extra layer to it where it has evolved it's into the opposite. It's changed over time. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's changed over time. That's, that's that, what makes it such a unique piece of media. Where's the too. DVD? So Pretend this is the DVD. <laughs> This yeah, is breathing yeah, yeah. right now. Like that, that, <laughs> you open up the DVD case and it's a literal case of a, a film and it says long live the new flesh on it. And it's like mm -hmm. this, having this discussion now, it, it just feels like it's breathing every time I look at it now. Like yeah. it, it, this For movie sure. is alive. And with yeah, that, a, it gets yeah, it's a live piece of media. It gets a big old fatty throbbing six out of six. <laughs> 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 Makes me want to pre real bad. <laughs> <laughs> makes makes me want. David Cronenberg is like the Fourth of July. Makes me want to pre real bad. <laughs> makes me want to pre on a reel. That's fucking disgusting. Well, I mean, right, I mean, I don't think there's anything I can say that you guys haven't already said or that I haven't already said. I mean, it's it's a brave move as a creator to argue with yourself mm -hmm. in front of the audience. And it created just an absolute masterpiece of a film. He's clearly mm. conflicted and clearly had, you know, something to say, even though he wasn't sure what it was for a lot of the film, you know? But, like... Yeah. You rarely see something so exploratory that also feels so complete and full and... You know, it just hits that perfect spot of, like, there's enough answers there, there's enough concrete stuff there, but then there's also all this wonderful speculation you can do about yeah, what everything else would be. Percent. You know, mm -hmm. part of me longs for, like, a sequel and True Answers, but also... I would never fucking want that because it would ruin what makes this movie <laughs> yeah, special, yeah. you know? Like, of course, as, yeah. a, as a human being, you want that closure. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. it's an absolute fucking six out of six. This is this is a, a bangaroonie yeah. and a half. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we've... Uh, we, we've covered, obviously, another Cronenberg on this end, but I mean, the conversations that we have on this show don't come like out of movies like this regularly unless it's a Cronenberg movie because there's so much shit 
going on at any given point and they're such tight films that's the thing like no fucking inch of this movie is like boring or wasted or any of it like feels out of place like nothing all of it connects it's in this incredibly fucking it, it, like it, it's tight beautiful way. it's tight and it's deep just like james wood's stomach just like james Wood's. Fucking <laughs> just like his chistosi <laughs> Oh man, well that being said, we're gonna probably get out of here soon. But uh next time we are coming back with a really fun one. Uh it is my pick and we are doing the autopsy of Jane. Hell Doe. yeah. Very, very fucking excited. This movie's awesome. I watched it this uh year for the thirty one for thirty one I was doing. And um it blew me away. Like this shit had me hooked from the minute it started. It's so fucking fun. It's it's a great movie. Brian Cox is a goddamn titan of cinema. It is so good. Like yeah, we're gonna. Have, this is gonna be a fun episode for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but you guys can, you guys can find us on Facebook at the Devil's Work Podcast. You can find us on TikTok at the Devil's Work Pod. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, on uh, we TikTok? are on TikTok at the Devil's Work Podcast. Podcast. Okay, it's podcast. Yeah. Okay, see, I'm I'm terrible the, about it, but anyway, the Devil's Work Podcast on there. Yeah, we're on Instagram, uh, Instagram at the Devil's Work Pod. Everywhere else is the, is the, the Devil's one. Work Podcast, and then we're on Gmail at the Devil's Work Podcast at Gmail um yeah email us let us know of other movies with some sus ass organs in it uh (laughs) or some sus ass actions that i could pre to yeah let us (laughs) let us know uh movies you've pre to um (laughs) that's the question of the week what's the first movie and the last current movie that you've pre to and if the answer is not space jam when lola bunny says don't call me doll you're wrong and you're stupid uh carry on (laughs) wow all right here's a man with with something to say i'm not a furry i just i just know what good cinema is man man chose a hill he's dying on it i'm not a furry i'm a cinephile i just i just i just want to say you know special special thank you to the the behind the scenes team you know we've got dylan wright helping us out with all of our socials evelyn of course you know she's taking a break right now but she's always going to be here in spirit she'll be back fly butterfly fly (laughs) yeah (laughs) you for sure absolutely but we will be back uh next time you guys thank you guys for listening Uh uh, rate, review, and subscribe. All that good shit and, right uh, there. It helps d- d- don't forget the most important thing, Joey. What's that? Long live the new, new flesh. flesh. There we go. Absolutely. Bow. Is that what you, is that what you said the first time you freed? <laughs> 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 yes, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs>